This podcast is sponsored by our friends at Onnit. Go to onnit.com slash Dolce. You will immediately see the pop-up where you save 10%. From there, click on the foods icon. I'm giving you some insider information. And scroll down to the far bottom right column. You'll see the Dolce Ultimate Grocery Guide. Go to onnit.com slash Dolce. Follow that link, onnit.com slash Dolce. Click on foods, far right-hand corner, you're going to see this bald head and big smiley face as I walk you through the grocery store and teach you what to buy, what to know, and what to avoid. That's onnit.com slash Dolce. Shut up and sit down. All right, guys. I think you're going to like who we have today. We have Dr. Bo Hightower. And normally, it's it's kind of easy to intro people. I just say, hey, this is what I think about this person, and I let them fill in the blanks a little bit. But what I noticed, Dr. Hightower really underplayed his level of education and experience as we were speaking during the show. I just want to give you a quick rundown here. Dr. Hightower graduated summa cum laude from California University with a master's degree in exercise science. He possesses over 400 hours of postdoctoral education in physical rehabilitation and functional neurology and earned his second doctorate degree in napropathic medicine. He currently is pursuing his third doctoral degree. So he's a double doctor. He has two doctorates and he's in pursuit of his third. He um, graduated summa cum laude with a master's degree in exercise science. Just master's in exercise science. You're you're pretty much fucking on, on track. Additionally, he's also been recognized as a certified strength and conditioning specialist by the National Strength and Conditioning Association. That's the highest designation. So all the, all the trainers you see, all the coaches you, should, you see, uh, strength coaches at the collegiate level uh, with your, your favorite D1 football team in the NBA, in MLB, uh, in the NFL, those are all CSCSs with, with master's degrees. So he's on that level as a strength coach. But also, he holds two other doctorates in pursuit of his third. But lastly, and this makes sense, he is also a member of several I, several high IQ organizations, such as Mensa, Intertel, and the Top 1% Society. Ooh, it sounds spooky, but these are smart people, ladies and gentlemen. These are people that test into these groups and are at the very highest range of measurable intelligence. Um, that doesn't mean if you're not a Mensa that you're you're worthless. You just have different inherent traits that might not be measurable in the same capacity. But during um, these type of, of characterization processes, these are some fucking smart people. They're, they're no slouches, no pushover. So Doc Hightower, you'll hear him talk the intelligence that he has, but his ability to convey. That's why I, I really enjoyed this conversation. We went nearly two and a half hours. It felt like 60, 90 minutes, maybe. We, we just flowed into it. And we cover a wide variety of topics. Why we, we get down into flat earth theory uh, just a little bit. So I hope you guys enjoy. everybody welcome to the mike dolce show today we have on as promised mr mr dr bo hightower you, you call it man i'm Go. trying to be respectful yeah. mr my mother taught me well 
Doctor, <laughs> Doctor Bo Hightower. And you guys in the MMA world definitely know who Dr. Hightower is. He works with some of the world's most elite athletes, and they all point directly to him and say that he has kept them healthy. He has improved their injuries. And you know the sport of MMA is such a high-risk sport when it comes to protecting your physicality. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Hightower is here not to talk about that, but to talk about everything. Fascinating young man in his own, right? How old are you, young man? Youngish. 34. 34. So you're still young enough, old enough to be respected, young enough to still be cool. Yeah. If I get a few more gray hairs, we'll be cooking with grease. I see none. Man, I got a few. Yeah, they're in the beard. In the, I got mine. They're in the beard. In the beard, too. I've been trying to get these upper ones for a while. I'm just not stressed enough, I guess, you know? Oh, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. nice set of hair. Nice, nice big thing. beard. We're talking about that beard. <laughs> How's it trying to uh, get through TSA with You know, there's, a, there's some eyeballs being placed on me. <laughs> right. I may have been touched more than uh, I wanted to be, but at least by them. <laughs> you, you wanted to be touched a little bit. Maybe a little bit. A little bit. And, yeah. and they will do that for you also. Yeah. They, they will do that. That might be assault in other jurisdictions, but the TSA does what it wants. They do. They do. Um, now, you came here in Las Vegas. Normally, you're in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yes, sir. And just let's break down a little bit. In your own words, what do you do out there? It's, it's, it's witchcraft, I understand. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of mysticism around it. We have uh, chicken bones and crystals. And, <laughs> nice. You know, sometimes we do some soul transmission. <laughs> so I'm the director of sports medicine for Jackson Wink. So we basically manage... Um, all the fighters at Jackson Wink in, in, in their entire health process. So we're the first line of defense. If they have musculoskeletal injuries, we go in there, we assess it, we see if we need to fix it. If not, then we pass it on to a surgeon or for casting or whatever else we need to do so we can get those fighters to their fight so they can make the money they need to make and they can live the, the life they want to live and have the career they want to have. Absolutely. Bam. And so you work with athletes, but the vast majority, I would say, of your, your demograph is humans. Right. Because we're all fucked up. Absolutely. All racked up. You sitting in the car right now and you huffing away on the treadmill, mm-hmm. you're fucked up too. Yes, sir. Right? How are you slouching in your car seat right now while driving? What's your gate light on that treadmill? Do you hear the thump, 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 the big thumps? Yep. You need to go and see Dr. Hightower. <laughs> and you can find us in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So yeah, Mike makes a great point. Here's the thing. None of us are immune to the laws of physics. Gravity is always pulling on all of us. So if you are not in line with gravity, you are going to have compensations. We have certain laws of our body too. Wolf's law means that bone lays down along lines of stress. Davis's law means that soft tissue lays down along lines of stress. If you stress your body, your body will respond appropriately and put more tissue down. What that means, particularly ladies, is that you are going to have shoulder and neck pain because your shoulders are being rounded forward. As a response, your body thinks it's protecting itself, but what it's really doing is causing a crap load of pain in your shoulders, giving you headaches into your eyes, and making your life a whole lot worse. Boom. And what's a quick remedy that they can apply right now without coming? The quick remedy. I mean, if you can get your shoulders back and pull them back and yeah. keep the pressure off of it, that's that's start one. Look at any chart at anatomical position. It's with your palms forward and your shoulders back. Yep. That's where we're designed to be as bipedal animals, 90 degrees to the earth. We have to fight gravity. Yep. Can you, for, for those that are just new to the Mike Dolce show, can you define what bipedal means? Bipedal means that you got two feet, two legs. You are designed to have your hands free, your eyes up, and you walk around and, you know, those hands free mean that you can grab a cell phone, open the door, uh, type on your computer. But generally speaking, that's not the position we're designed to be in. We're designed to be upright, moving around in nature. Yeah. And and that's a, a great point. How long ago was the human species walking upright, living to its its full capacity as by design before the implementation of modern technologies that, that took us out of our natural element, our natural evolutionary flow. Yeah, the, indus- the Industrial Revolution. 
I mean, really, we're talking the last 50, 60 years 50, is, is 60 really years. the problem. You know, yeah. the advent of computers in the 80s was was the start of it all. Yeah. We had in our cell phones, and we're always looking down at So we're always pulling ourselves off midline. We have something called the writing reflex, and it's not like writing with a pen and a paper. It's to get your eyes equal to the horizon. Yeah. That's how our vestibular system works. And here's what's going on is if, if you have any sort of compensation in your neck, your body will pull you back to center again. And then what we have is, is almost a, a pseudoscoliosis. It's pulling the muscles on the spine, pulling your spine to the right, to the left, and creating all kinds of dysfunctions that can cause uh, referral into your head, to your eyes, that can make you sensitive to light, that can cause a whole assortment of other issues that when we really look at the whole picture, if you've got headaches all the time, do you think your stress level might be higher? Might you have more cortisone in your system? Might that affect your metabolism? The thing goes full circle. Yeah, and we were speaking earlier about the lack of open-mindedness in the medical community and the health community, the health and fitness community, because you don't want to just say medical as if it's just the, the sure. doctors or the MDs or the physicians or the chiros. It's everybody. It's right. those in fitness, those in nutrition, those in supplement manufacturing and marketing. And that's really, I, I think, a, a great point that we spoke about that not everything fits everybody. Right. Right. Yeah. Everybody's different. Everybody has a ge different genetic makeup. Everybody has a different lifestyle, a history of their injuries, a history of their illnesses, a different history of antibiotic use, a different history of yo-yo dieting that affects the way they presented function in the world today. So unfortunately, what happens in everybody in everyday society, everybody wants a script. Everybody wants a direct formula that everybody fits into. That's not the way that humans work. Everybody has a unique need, a unique specification. And if it doesn't work, what you need is somebody in your corner that can help you problem solve it until you get the right answer. There is a solution to every single problem. You just have to keep working at it until you get it. The laziest thing I hear from people is like, oh, you, need fi you have fibromyalgia. You need an MRI. You've got arthritis. That's lingo for your doctor being lazy, yeah. not willing to spend the time to really sit down and break down your lifestyle and figure out how to make you a better human, how to make your life better. And the problem afflicting the doctors is the finances behind running a practice and seeing enough, turning enough patients throughout the day to pay the bills, right? Right, And pay for the loans and pay for the, the insurances and pay for the equipment and pay for the, the, the front desk lady and the accounts payable, you know, mm -hmm. they're running this while at the same time having the focus on keeping you healthy. And I think the best doctors don't get involved in running their office at all. They just deal with the patient. Right. I agree with you. And that's the one thing we try to do is, you know, when you take the insurance part out of it, when you take in the admin out of it and you take the hospital requirements out of it, you're going to get a lot better healthcare. You're going to actually get healthcare, not sick care. Because again, you know, sometimes it takes me four or five hours of reassessing somebody to get a eureka moment. We go, oh, it's that muscle. That's what you're doing. Or they give me some information that I didn't know about. They didn't know that, you know, cleaning windows with the right arm only for two hours throughout the day might contribute to their neck or shoulder pain. But they didn't think it was relevant on the first three times that talked to them for three hours. Yeah. So if I get six minutes with you, what are the odds that I'm going to get anything out of you worthwhile? And unfortunately, they're on the clock. The admin wants them seeing this many patients a day. And I don't necessarily fault the doctors. They're, you know, unfortunately forced into the system. Yeah. because of this, you know, this, this materialistic money-making, quote-unquote, healthcare system. Yeah, and you said six minutes, and that is about the turn time for a patient to actually sit with their doctor, correct? Mm -hmm. You can spend an hour in the waiting room, an hour in the actual room waiting for them, but about six to seven minutes. Yep. And most patients will tell me they felt like their doctor was inching out towards the door or cutting them off because, you know, they're, they're stressed. They're under the gun, too. Absolutely. 
And that's, you, you see, so we just went through a uh, birth of our second daughter. And during that time, congratulations. Doc, thank you very much. Do you have any kids? I do not. Not yet or not at all? Uh, not at all. All right. Not okay. at all. all right. I've got 6,000 patients, uh, nine or 10 employees, 15 doctoral students. So uh, I've got my hands full. Full right now. Yeah. Busy man. I appreciate that. Full. And, and actually jump off the, the doctor conversation because this brought up. Your background. So those listening right now, they've just known a little bit, but they don't know the extensive background, the education that you have and the experience. You've actually, you wear quite a few different hats. You wear them very well. And I think they all play well with each other, which makes you an expert in this field to give the information that you are. Sure. So again, talking about what we were saying about different lenses, right? Like there, there is no specific universal truth. That's the reason why I have so many different healthcare professions you know, if you really wanted to say healer, we wouldn't have the need for specialization. You wouldn't have, you know, uh, optometrists and podiatrists and physical therapists and chiropractors and all these other things. So one way we try to run our business is very similar to uh, good to great. We want to have that hedgehog principle. We want to be really good at one thing. And what we're really good at is musculoskeletal care. We want to have great nutritionists and great dietitians and great doctors within our network for those kind of things to help people with if we spot that. But what we want to do is figure out the best way to give musculoskeletal care. And what that may mean is putting a different lens on, putting a different hat on. So, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I have a doctorate in napropathic medicine. Those are connective tissue specialists. I have a doctorate in chiropractic medicine. Uh, you may have heard some of that on some of the other podcasts out there recently. Uh, master's degree in exercise science, bachelor's degrees in biology, health and wellness, anatomy. And I'm working on my PhD in health sciences as well right now. So each one of those gives me another lens to look through things. So if all you have is a hammer, which is ironic if you know my treatment, yeah. <laughs> everything looks like a nail. Yeah. But everything's not a nail. Sometimes you need a socket wrencher or a screwdriver. And you or have you, those in your bag, too. You know, I might. Or I need to call the <laughs> IT guy because, you know, I can't get the damn Wi-Fi to work. <laughs> so, yeah, you can fix a lot of bodies, but if it comes to tech, I'm, I'm out of it. So, yeah, one of the things that's really, really important, again, is, is to look at the patient as a unique individual and then give them whatever care they need. You know, just because manipulation maybe only works in 15 to 20 percent of people, yeah. which wouldn't be good enough for a double blind peer reviewed study. That's great for those people. So they should keep doing that. Yeah. We, we say if it works, it's right. Results matter. Results is the only thing that matters. Are you better? Is your life better? Great. That's yeah. all that I care about. Yeah. And we f first met, truly started working together, which was Carlos Condit, when Carlos fought Robbie Lawler mm -hmm. for the UFC welterweight title, a fight that I think the whole world felt Carlos should have won. Definitely won. Lost a split decision. Yep. It was insane. Uh, but, you know, but uh, I'm so sour grapes. But, uh, Me too. The whole world, God damn it, for one second, fuck Carlos. And Robbie's awesome. I love Robbie Lawler. Yeah. What a beast. Right. Carlos won that Carlos fight. Won he that beat fight. the man, Robbie Lawler, yep. who's a fucking stud. Carlos yep. should have got the belt yep. that night. Absolutely. Um, and I've rewatched that fight three different fucking times. And each time, Carlos looks, looks more dominant. Yep. And I'm trying to bet against him. Let me pay, you know, yeah, try to devil's get the, advocate. Yeah, exactly. Let's see what he did wrong. I'm Fuck. Um, Can't see it. No, no. But anyway. But I am biased, so. Yeah, and I, I understand my bias, yep. but fuck, it was but like... But even objectively, if you're counting, you know, the amount of strikes landed per round, looking at the criterion, I'm yep. with you. Carlos, you're the champ, man. The champ, and the whole world knows. Everybody knows. <laughs> Stuck, that dude is. Uh, and great chef. Did you understand his, his chefery? Have mm -hmm. you had a chance for the Carlos Condit fucking cooking experience? Well, he's definitely giving me a hard time when he saw a McDonald's wrapper in my room one time. So Doctor! Hey. Ugh. It wasn't, it wasn't mine. It was in the room. It, yeah, was, it was sabotage. 
<laughs> Somebody left sabotage. It yep, I've been set up. <laughs> you're actually in Vegas right now with Alistair Overeem. Yes, sir. So what's going on? Overeem's fighting who? When? What? He's fighting uh, Fabrizio Verdum, number one contender. Uh, contender. Contender. I yeah. like contender. Yeah, we're actually. making words. Yeah, contender. Yeah, we make up a lot of fucking shit on this show. So you know, don't even worry yep. about it. Yep, it's like Merce, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's fighting for the number one title contendership spot against Fabrizio Verdum, which for whatever reason the UFC is not pushing this fight. I mean, it's you, the two not pushing any of these fights. Man, the two. You know, most credentialed heavyweights of all time, for the most part. You know, leading back to a fight is the baddest man on the planet against Stipe Miocic, 100%. and I'm not, I'm not hearing anything about it. And this is a trilogy, a rubber match. My theory: they don't give a fuck right now. All they care about is that Conor Floyd money. That's probably right. They're gonna, they're gonna backload the fucking marketing season and just go all in Conor Floyd right. and make a billion dollars. There you go. That's instead of that's thirty million. You know? Yeah. Which, you know, I don't run the business, but, you know, when I see see my guys not getting the promo, then I start talking a little bit more. Dude, it's fucking Verdum versus Overeem. Are you kidding me? How is that not the fucking number one headline on every Yahoo News, Fox News, CNN? That's what they should be talking about. Buried deep down on the card, you know, and and, and from a financial standpoint, these are the two two of the highest paid guys in the industry, too. So you would think you would want your, you know, return on investment on that. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, I'm here with Overeem, you know, just making sure I'm here on the insurance policy just in case, you know. You wake up and you can't turn your neck or your shoulders bugging you the day of the fight. We don't want any complications at all during fight week. We yeah. want to make sure it goes as smoothly as possible. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't need to be used very often. That's yeah. that's the goal is that I don't get used. But we're here just in case. Yeah. And so you're like me behind the scenes. Uh-huh. Like you're not just behind the curtain. Like you're outside in the you know, loading dock, yeah. <laughs> you know, same with me. We understand what happens these fight weeks. You say keeping it together, keeping these guys together mm-hmm. without naming names. And you can use a little poetic license. What's some of the, the, the biggest shit shows you've seen? <laughs> and not your guys. Maybe not. Maybe it is. Maybe someone else. Who knows? Yeah. Some of the, uh, some of the middleweights trying to get down to uh, 170, sure. a couple of them that Having to be carried to cars and Fuck. you know put into to hot cars, trying to sweat a, another couple pounds out here and there, yep. you know that's the stuff that really scares me and really concerns me because it's not just making the fight, yeah. you know it's also their health. And then you're going to turn around and fight the next day and get into a war yep. when your body just went through a war because you didn't want to do the work on the front end. Yeah, and that's that's the, that's the scariest stuff to me. The techniques that you're talking about are old, 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 archaic, but effective means of a very dangerous process. We're talking severe dehydration. Severe dehydration. And that only happens if you're a fucking douchebag from week nine prior of that training camp. Mm -hmm. There's no way in hell, no way in the world that should ever happen. You should actually be on weight the night before, the day before the the weigh-ins and feel fucking awesome that right. you know getting to fight week four percent over not you know having this eight percent fucking limit and cap and that's an interesting number by the way <laughs> um, but having that type of of you know because we're talking about the, the shit shows so like guys in and out of cars and you know hot steam and I know that I fuck man I've, I've been you know ar- around that um, yep and it's always a sad thing to see. Because you're like, what the fuck? You know, I've, you know, I've been yelling at you. Or you should have known. You should have done 52 weeks before this, which is what we say. Right. Weight cut starts right. 52 weeks before the fucking fight. You know, three. I'm just I'm hijacking this, but giving some context. Go, man, go. Three weeks before weigh-ins, we want our athlete to be the leanest that they will be. We want them to be carrying the lowest possible percentage body fat. 
So we just need to worry about electrolyte manipulation, essentially, soft landing into the finish line. And actually, factually, we can feed them more. We can actually get that furnace burning a little hotter, feed them more as their training, their periodized training system should correspond nutritionally, right? Everything, right. all the blocks tie in together. And you just, it's the, the, the perfect landing. And that's the way it should be. It right. should be like an orchestra. And, yep. and Doc, you in there keeping the body working, <laughs> you know, perfectly. And, and the skill and the technique and the flow and the combinations and the communication between the corner. This is the orchestra is. that we're all here, that we're all creating. Uh-huh. And the knuckle, and I said douchebag, that's not fair, but some of them, <laughs> some of them are. I, I should have said knucklehead. They make these knucklehead decisions to not do what's in their best interest. And then they end up in fucking a body bag, essentially. Yep. Plastics in a fucking burlap bag stuck into a fucking car with the high heat on, you know, in the middle of, of Las Vegas or Sao Paulo, Brazil, or fucking who knows I'm where. I'm not envious. Fuck that. God. Jesus. <laughs> what were we talking about? Yeah. Uh, Worst shit, shit shows during the yeah. So physically, like injury wise, one of the ones that we had was out here in Vegas. We had a heavyweight that popped his calf, you know, partial tear. The last workout Whoa. on a Thursday before a Friday, or or before the fight Saturday. Wow. And uh, yeah, we're you know we're trying to dry needle it. We're trying to get the thing to calm down. We're trying to tape it, but you know it's not going to heal that quickly. No. So we're like shit. You know how can we make this functional in the first round? From a, and, and this is the tricky thing when you're with these fighters. Because if I was truly taking this from a medical expertise standpoint, yeah. I would say pull them out of the fight. Yeah. But unfortunately, these fighters don't get paid if they don't fight. Yeah. And so they're either going to, if they're not going to listen to me, then what I want to do is everything I possibly can to make them get to this the best that they can. Because yep. that's what's going to happen sometimes. There's some fighters out there, they're just not going to listen. Like if I told Cowboy Cerrone to go get an MRI, do you think he's going to go? <laughs> Hell no, he's not going to go. <laughs> so go to the beach. Yeah, man. So these guys, they're going to do what they're going to do. So we're going to try to do everything possible to inform them of the possible risks and probabilities that could happen, but to do everything we can to get them to the fight. Because there, there's no such thing as a fighter being 100% healthy. No way. What happened with the calf? Uh, he, he won by a first-round knockout. Fuck. Who, who was this? Is this a, a popular story? Was this a headline? It was fairly popular. I thought so. Yeah. Are we allowed to say who it was? Uh, HIPAA. HIPAA. Oh, fuck. Dolce. Know your MMA fucking history. Yeah, but not without a release. But yeah, yeah, it was it was a couple heavyweights. It was a wild back and forth first yep. round finish. Yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, the guy won and uh it, it moved him up into title contention. And so, you know, if if we hadn't done that, who knows? Wow. And what did you do to, to get the calf back, or did he just, you know, fucking man up and get it, out? There? It was a little bit of both. A little yeah. bit of both. He got a we, we talked to the UFC and he ended up getting a little uh painkilling shot on it too. Okay. You know, generally speaking, when we have a torn muscle, we're trying to dry needle it to calm it down so the scar tissue doesn't bind up. Yep. Um, but when you're that close. I mean, you need at least 72 hours of healing to even start. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's playing with fire with stuff like that. Wow. You know, we've had a few guys that they wake up the day of the fight and they can't turn their head. They had, I don't know, whatever happened in their sleep. Sure. You know, so obviously that's not really great. If you yeah. can't turn your head to the left and somebody's throwing a right overhand, cool. that's going to be a problem. So we have to tap, you know, take care of that, make sure that that's moving well. Yeah. Um, actually, speaking of, of shit shows, so the la- Overeem's last fight. Yep. Here's a good example. Um, sushi was eaten. I'm not going to judge that. <laughs> okay. Uh, not my role. Yep. But he got really sick. Yeah. Throwing up, diarrhea, all the works, you know. And so the process of that, he ended up hurting his back, too. His yeah. lower back hanging out over the toilet. Yep. Um, so he ended up having to get IV'd up, and they wanted to pull him from the fight. He didn't pull. Um, we fixed his back, and he went in there and knocked out Mark Hunt. And wow. so I do have... Uh, I do have permission from Overeem. Okay. There so. you go. And so he's, he likes that story. Yeah. He likes the fact that... And I'm, I'm just vamping here. That he was sick and still fucking... And still knocked him out. Mark, yep. Mark I wasn't even at my best, yep. is what Overeem's saying. Yep. Is that, that's a rivalry. It, it's a... 
it makes sense. They fought twice now, right. and Overeem won both yep. times. So he's done with it. I could see them fight like 10 times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some I wicked could, elbows and yeah. Yeah, those heavy leg kicks. You got 2K1 guys, man. They're incredibly skilled and powerful human beings. And durable. Durable. But still susceptible because the other one's a so powerful. fucking huge man of me. Yeah, man. You know? I'll tell you what, Alistair is he's he's the most impressive fighter that I know of that knows how to pay attention and take care of his his physical body. So oftentimes when he comes to get treated, he knows exactly what he needs. He says, Yeah, this vertebra is to the right, this muscle's tight here, and I just do his formula and it fixes it. Wow, you know? okay. Which is very intuitive. Which is nice for me because it saves me some brain cells that day at least. But yeah, he knows when to take time off. If he's not feeling well, he's gonna rest that day. And sometimes these old school mentalities, four or five, six training sessions a day. That's not going to work. You're going to break your body down. Yeah. That, that's one of the biggest pushback that we get with our system when we work with teams and individual athletes. They just, they train too much. They train they too high volume, too high intensity, too high frequency. Yep. What the fuck, guys? Where yeah. are we getting? We're not getting better. We're only getting worse. Yep. Risking injury, then injury and or illness usually right. creep in. And that's why most athletes, you know, they get sick like three weeks or so out. That's the mm-hmm. magic point. Yep. You can get to three weeks without getting fucking really sick. You're usually pretty good. You're pretty good. Yep, exactly. Uh, and I would say without having a hard study, the majority over training, two-thirds of the athletes seem to have some sort of three-week dip yep. because of the overtraining aspect. Right. And, you know, we're not taking their lab values or anything, but I mean, For sure. knowing we know about physiology, we know what this is doing. It's suppressing the immune system. It's running rampant crazy, your, your body rampant crazy with cortisone. Um, you know, you're depleting your body's natural production of testosterone and, and, and hypertrophic growth hormones. Um, you, you can't do it, especially when you're dieting. I mean, you've, you've, you have to restrict calories somewhat to get to your weight. There's no way you're going to recover from tearing up your body that much. And then maybe Absolutely. we're not sleeping either. And so on Absolutely. top of this, your body, it has a law of diminishing returns. It will reach a breaking point. Yeah. And there's oftentimes the, with the public, we always say overtraining. Right. But prior to overtraining, there's overreaching. Right. And overreaching syndrome is relatively easy to identify and also to mediate to just slowly step away, <laughs> step away from the cheesecake, you know, yes. just slowly start backing out yes. of it. Throw uh, it in the trash. Throw it in the trash. Uh, and in your perfect world, you're a CSCS also, correct? Mm-hmm. So you're uh, an SCA certified strength and conditioning specialist on top of the other um, lenses that, that, that Dr. Hightower has and says. What would be your ideal peaking program, periodization program for an MMA fighter who's 12 weeks out? Do you have just a general over? Because we get that question a lot here. Most athletes, they don't know how to train. They just go hard. Right. They go hard, go hard. And that's tough, but that's not optimal. That's a good question. I don't I don't even know that uh, at this point that I know enough about it to, to help with that. You know, okay. I'm, I'm generally going to trust in other people to, to, to deal with that stuff. Gotcha. You know, I'm, I'm here as cleanup crew, and that's what we said. Like, I want to keep great trainers in the program. But, you know, I, I can recognize, again, I'm not doing program implementation. That's yeah. not something I do anymore. Um but if somebody's coming in consistently with these overuse injuries or, you know, even some of the mobility stuff I see nowadays, yeah. like if my shoulder doesn't move very well and I'm trying to do a shoulder mobility, I'm just jamming the humerus through that range of motion and causing more problems. You know, so it's it's more is not better. Gotcha. Better is better. Better is better. Quality reps. Quality. Had a call with one of our athletes yesterday and it was quality reps is all that, that's all that matters right now quality reps especially because once you get to the ufc level and then the middle to the higher tier of the ufc level mm-hmm. you're you're a serious athlete you've, you've already put in a decade or so most right. of training of the hard goes of the rounds the grinding the pain you know all that stupid stuff that you have to go through 
for the most part, to, to get to the top. Once you're at the top, then it just becomes Fine. sharpening your axe. Yep. And these guys know how to fight. Why do you need to do all those rounds of sparring? You don't yep. need to do that. You know how to fight. What do you need to do? Make sure you're healthy. Make sure your weight's on point. Make sure your conditioning's on point. Get your mind ready for the fight. Yep. Game plan. In that order. Yeah. That, that, that's it. Not, nothing there has anything to do with the physicality because the physicality is already there. Right. It's you know how to there. fight. You know what you're doing. Yep. You know, your body's done this a million times. Your reflexes are there. You know how to you know, parry a jab. You know how to counter. Yep. You know how to throw a leg kick. You're not learning something new at this point. What drives me crazy a lot of times fight week is the athlete, and depending on the athletes, and we've worked with some of the worst athletes, right? The worst names in the game when it comes to sure. being overweight or, or cutting weight poorly mm-hmm. have come to us. And... We feed them, right? Real food. We, feed, we want them to be healthy. And they've never actually competed healthy. Some of them right. never competed healthy. Right. Let's see what you can do healthy because right. you're already at the fucking world level unhealthy. Knucklehead. Right? Eating knucklehead sandwiches every day. Mm-hmm. Um, get them healthy. And then we get to fight week and there's a very you know, precarious relationship between calorie intake when you're cutting. Everything has to be perfect. Again, that, that soft landing is what sure. we're trying to, to craft and perfect. And the coaches want them to go fucking hard. Go, oh, let's put on, go hard and, and some spar, some mock spar. Some are doing fucking sprints fight weekend. And Airdyne goes, I got a story. I saw a heavyweight on an overseas card. Mm-hmm. Um, heavyweight, mind you. Coaches have him in, and he's cutting. Um, coaches have him in the gym. Doing incline sprints on the fucking treadmill so fast his fucking legs couldn't even keep up, falling over, risking, and they're screaming, screaming at him. I'm like, I'm fucking blown away. This is, and the athlete has to to, to compete 20 and had a a shit show performance as a result of that. It was scarring. Yeah. Scarring for me to see. Terrible. You're not at your best, you know, and no other sport does that. Like, and here's the thing too. Imagine Tom Brady doing that. Right. No, no way. Fucking crazy. Your your goal is to to be healthy and to have your energy preserved. And yeah. And and we go through this too. We don't do deep tissue work on people the week of the fight. We're not going to do that. We don't want that muscle breakdown for one. Yeah. Yeah. Gee, good talk. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Sorry. For two, we don't want to change the length tension relationships because your brain is used to being where it's at. So if I make you so much looser right now, when you go to throw a punch, you're not going to know where you are and you're going to get cracked and knocked out. That's not what we want. We don't want to make somebody so loose that they don't have their explosiveness. That's responsible for a a measurable number of of performances, poor performances, or even KOs. So sometimes, you know, I'm not always backstage. Sometimes I am. But then I see my guy out there and he's just nervous rolling. He's got a, you know, foam roller or a lacrosse ball. And I like that stuff. Yeah. But you don't need to be on that damn thing for an hour. No. Get on there, do 30 seconds, pass through, make sure you have blood in the area. Yep. When you're doing this, you're breaking down muscle tissue. So you can almost give yourself rhabdo. I know people that have gotten rhabdomyolysis from deep tissue work. Wow. From an hour-long massage. You know when people get sick after they get a 60-minute deep tissue massage? Yeah. That's not toxins being released from your muscles. Let's clarify this. What toxins? What are you talking about? Why do my muscles hold toxins? I'm pretty sure your liver holds toxins, yeah. not your muscles. So if you're sick after getting that much deep tissue, what you have is myoglobin breakdown. Your muscles are broken down, and your body's literally trying to excrete that through your kidneys. Yeah. That's a problem. With, with deep tissue work, I mean, really, when I work on somebody, we're not doing more than 12, 15 minutes. The rest of it's kind of assessment, looking, you know, making sure everything is moving properly and testing things. There's no reason somebody should get 60 to 90, per- 90 minutes of hard deep tissue work. Absolutely. If you want a fluff and buff for 60 minutes, that's fine. Yeah. But you, you got to have one or the other. You can go tw- 10 minutes hard, maybe five minutes hard. Yep. And not during fight week. Not th- absolutely, absolutely not during fight week. Absolutely, absolutely not. And you see that a lot too. A lot of athletes get that deep tissue, thinking it's going to loosen me up. Relax, and feel good. And yeah. No, no, no. You want to get the, the 
Swedish. Yeah. You know, just yeah. what'd you say? Yeah. Rub and tug? <laughs> Fluff and buff. Fluff, Fluff and buff. Is Fluff that, and that buff. the word the kids are that, using? That other one's something else. <laughs> it is. It is. It is um, Vegas. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's we have to it's a fine tune that. And it's like some of the coaches too. Like we found some things and, you know, with a stick, they can roll something out for 30 seconds right before the fight. Oh, wow. Say I have a fighter that, uh, you know, he's got a little shorter reach. Yep. And his lat is tight, or one of his muscles is tight, and he's coming up an inch short on his punches. Yeah. You know, we can have one of the coaches just roll that out for thirty seconds real quick and get that range back. Yep. And you know, those three inches is life or death in this kind of a sport. Absolutely. You know, that that's that's your KO, or it just bounce right off. Yep. So absolutely, it's you know, it's a constant process too, and that's the thing is we want real world scientific implementation. And when I say science, we're not ignoring the literature. The literature isn't science itself. Yeah. The scientific method is having a theory. You're testing it. You're seeing if it's reproducible. And then understanding that theory and then trying to create something else with it. So if something is reproducible over and over and over again in the real world, that's what we want to do. I frankly don't give a shit if there was some abstract, obscure paper in Europe that says, you know, you know, some some opaque answer about what that is. I want stuff that works in the real world and it's replicable. Like gender. (laughs) (laughs) We had this conversation earlier and gender categories, gender classifications. Mm-hmm. As a medical professional, what's your understanding of the, the national debate, but then the scientific foundation of the conversation? <laughs> so yeah, I was talking about the, the actual science of, of what sexes we have. Yes. There's an XY and an XX chromosome. Okay. And so, what is the XY? What is the XX? So the XY is male, XX is female. We all start out as female. There's a wash of hormones that convert you to a male. Um, it actually changes your DNA at the beginning and the outset. But any person that you take their DNA is going to be XX or XY, no matter what they identify as. You know, So your DNA says one thing. What you decide to identify as, what society wants to categorize you, that's a completely different discussion. Yeah. But if I take my DNA, my, my DNA is going to tell me that I have XY chromosome. And the medical community classifies based upon male or female. Generally speaking, most things we've ever done classify. You know, it's the reason why sports, right? Yeah. So, I mean, everybody wants to be equal until it's time to be equal. So, you know, if you really wanted to be equal, we wouldn't have male and female divisions, right? But I don't think anybody's going to like the way that's going to go. That's interesting. Right? Because that, that would truly be equality. Yeah. So you'd have a few breakthrough people here or there. For sure. Maybe a basketball player once in a while. But generally speaking... We are designed differently. We have different hormones. We have different uh, brains. I mean, our brains are literally wired different. Our hips are different. You know, yeah. there, there are pure medical differences between male and female that we have to account for in the medical profession. Yeah. ACL tears in females, um, laxity from the ligaments when somebody has a pregnancy. They have a hormone called relaxin that makes their ligaments move. Yeah. I will never have that hormone pumping through my body that will make me susceptible to the same injuries. Well, the way science is progressing... <laughs> Well, maybe I guess They're you know. Planting wombs into men. Yeah, I don't know. Soon. Um, you know, my my carrying angle is going to be more shallow than or than a female's is. My carry angle is going to be more shallow than a female is. My Q angle is going to be more shallow than a female's is. Yeah. Uh, my fists are bigger. I mean, we see the same difference in sports, right? So, our heads are roughly the same size and same hardness. But a female's hands are much smaller. Yeah. So with these small gloves out, we're going to see more fractures in their hands than we are on males. So, you know, we could talk all this politically correct stuff, but there is a clear difference between the two. Yeah. And it's, you know, the difference between sex and gender. Do you have a grasp of that? And I, I, that's kicked around more on the political sure. pundit shows. They, they try and kick those conversations around, which seems more just deceiving. Yeah. You know, altering the conversation, pivoting on the conversation, the main points. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's semantics. You know, I'm not yeah. a political uh, science major or anything like that. It, you know, it appears to be that we're saying the gender is something separate from sex. Um, that's not the way that I was taught. Um, is that, are they just talking about, is it just sexual 
preference? Is that the driving force uh, behind it? I have no idea. And I, I think in the, you, you would need a, a psychologist or psychiatrist to have that discussion because yeah. that's kind of outside of my wheelhouse. But uh, someone who's experiencing it would be interesting. Yeah, it would be. You know, there, there's clearly. I think we're clearly establishing a difference between the two words. And and you know, the thing is, words have meaning. So when we're saying words, it needs, in my opinion, everything needs to be applicable all the time. Yeah. So either a law of physics is a law of physics all the time, or it's not. Either it's okay to make fun of all religions, or it's not okay to make fun of any. I don't think it's it's fair to pick and choose, because um, that's not a, that's not equality. That's not equity. Yeah. You know, um, and and frankly, I think that we've gone so far, and, and you know, that's that's why you're seeing somebody like a Donald Trump that's in power. People have that's still pretty crazy it is by the way i I start laughing sometimes like yeah (laughs) presidents wow what the fuck's happening but what you saw was a society that is tired of being told that they can't have an opinion that they can't say anything that they're whatever is that she wants to put on them for having an opinion yeah people are tired of being called sexist being tired of being called racist and is there sexism is there racism of course there is, Absolutely. but by and large, our society and our media wants to paint everybody with the categorization brushes for an agenda. Yeah. And what you saw was a bunch of people in the Midwest that are traditional Democrats that, uh, you know, would be pro-union, you know, pro-labor, blah, 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 people that they just don't see any identification with the other categories. And you saw people that were tired of politicians. They were tired of the crap. They just wanted to get to the point. They just wanted to say, hey, listen, can he make our economy better? Can he? I don't know. But I think that's what people saw there, and that's that's why we're at where we're at. And this is simply control 101. Right. Right? right. Give, give the population or give those to be controlled something to fight about or debate or argue right. about with each other. Right. And we're just going to go over here and... And distract you, right? And make all the rules. And we discuss that all the time. You know, the, the whole political thing is always a sham. We swing yeah. wildly back and forth, Democrat, Republican. It's you the know, same shit. It's the same it shit. No matter if it's They're all bought and sold by lobbyists and corporations. They're all pro-war. They're all paying for Lockheed Martin. Yeah. They're all financing the Wall Street and the, the pharmaceutical industries, you know, the big oil industries and all those things. If you think there's a difference, you're out of your mind. Crazy. And that's why people have this big upswelling for people like a Bernie Sanders or a Donald Trump because they were outsiders. They weren't part yeah. of the system. And, uh, you know, we're, I think people are just sick of it. They're sick of the corruption. They're sick of the, you know, friends taking care of friends. And, you know, we get so riled up with all these discussions. Because, frankly, I don't give a damn about the bathroom thing. I mean, you're talking about what percentage of the population. Make family bathrooms. Make them all individuals. Yeah. And I think it's weird anyway to go into a stall and have somebody that can reach over and touch my foot while I'm, you know, using number two. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't, want anybody, I don't want anybody in there. Yeah, so, I agree. So we're going to go on and on and fight about this stupid thing. But yeah. meanwhile, we're pumping money into wars in Iraq. You know, we're funding. Yeah. Let's talk about this thing that affects. Yeah. Right. Less than 1%, right. like 0.03% of the population. But meanwhile, we're going to bail out all these private insurers in the healthcare system that everybody has forced to be involved with yeah. that has weaponized these these you know pharmaceutical companies and insurance companies. Um, but we don't talk about that kind of stuff. We don't talk about the simplistic things that we can do to save lives right now. Yeah. You want to save lives like we talked about? Yep. Here we go. Let's make phones that don't operate when a car is on. How many Love lives it. you just save right there? They shut off. They have a shut off switch. Yep. All right. Every car has a breathalyzer. Every new car is made with a breathalyzer. How many lives did you just save? Um, put ibuprofen and Tylenol back into a prescription category. Yeah. Or maybe not prescribe anything. I don't know what the answer is because yeah. people are getting, you know, opiates either way, whether it's fentanyl or, you know, Oxycontin from their doctor, you know, but how about more education on that kind of a thing? Yep. How about incentivizing people to live a healthier lifestyle? You know, some of these insurance companies start to do this, but then they never follow through with it. Yeah. If somebody goes to the gym and they have their BMI is such and such, and their blood pressure is such and such, and they can document their diet is such and such, logic would dictate that that person should be 
rewarded by paying much less on their healthcare premiums. Yeah. That's how insurance works, right? If I've had five DUIs and been in five car crashes, you would expect me to have to pay a little bit more for my car insurance, right? 100%. So if I don't take accountability for my health and I'm fat and I'm diabetic and I don't exercise and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm basically a, uh, a drain on the healthcare system, somehow I don't have to pay more for this than anybody else. Yep. You're not fostering any accountability. And you have to be accountable. You know, all this crap about fat shaming. It's not okay. You're not born fat. Yeah. You're not born fat. Nobody's identity is fat. It can all be improved. You know, and, and, and self-image, whatever. You guys can have that conversation. But medically speaking, if you are obese, you are sick. Yep. Period. You are going to have diabetes. You are going to have higher incidence of, uh, of hip fracture and osteoporosis that has to be paid for by the system. Yep. As a society, we cannot handle that. That's the truth, man. And this jumps to our other conversation. You're a big believer in this flat earth theory. <laughs> don't let him fool you, folks. No, don't, 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 fool don't, you. No. you know, I generally run down the middle of Switzerland, but I'll, I'll get a little controversy sometimes. But I'm not going to sit there in, in my office and let somebody tell me the earth is flat. Do, does that come up in your office? Every once in a while. It, but oh, it's, my goodness. It's, you know, you could prove this multiple times. So everybody out there, let's just let's start from the basics. When the sun goes down next time, I want you to lay down on the ground. Okay. Maybe keep a chair close by. Okay. As soon as it goes below the horizon, you stand up on it. See if the sun doesn't come back above the horizon. Hmm. The reason why is you changed your angulation, and now you're seeing over the horizon of a curved earth. Yep. Also, look up into the sky. See that thing up there called the moon? Do you see how it has a shadow of, a, of the light reflected on it? That's because that object is also spherical. Hmm. <laughs> I, what is the, how do seasons work if the Earth is flat? I mean, you have a cockamamie excuse for everything. What is the? Ex- I don't follow it. I just see it kind of pops up a little bit. What is the the excuse for everything? All right, so so we're in the era of fake news, right? And unfortunately, people don't read books, and, and un- unfortunately, these conversations are being had by people without any kind of baseline scientific knowledge. Yep. Like if you don't understand how a photon works, how light refraction works, maybe you should tap out on the flat earth discussions because you don't understand the basic premise of how water coagulates together. There's surface tension because those are called hydro hydrophilic bonds. Water holds together. So people would be like, why doesn't their water just fly off the earth? Well, one, because the acceleration isn't changing. Okay. Yep. So the velocity is fast, but the acceleration is zero. The earth is moving at the same speed. If you slowed it down or sped it up, yes, it would start to either go off the earth or shift or whatever else, but it's not. It's like if there's water in my cup, people are like, well, if I swish it, it'll come out. Well, that's fine, but it's actually spinning around the earth really fast right now. And it's not flying off either mm-hmm. in a small amount. So every single one of these arguments, you can break down to basic scientific principles and, 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 you know, explain everything. And that goes back to the musculoskeletal stuff we talked about, man. Yeah. It's, it's the exact same thing. So I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to shift course here with this IT band no, thing. No, please do. Please do. Because It's know, a natural segue. Yeah, we were just talking <laughs> about this. My God. Like, you know, with the internet, it's too easy for things to go viral, and there's no fact-checking on any of it. Whether what? It's, whether it's fake news I, or... That, what? Yeah. The Abraham Lincoln memes aren't true. Yeah, they, they, you know, some things may be true, but again, when we talk about the nature of reality, we have to triangulate. So when I have my patients, we discuss the same thing. A lot of people have silent MRIs, but I need that MRI to match up with my physical examination, which gives me another perspective, the history of the injury. So like if I have a meniscus tear and MRI, but my pain's in the anterior compartment, I didn't twist my knee, I didn't hurt it. Why would I suspect the minute pain would be coming from the meniscus? That doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Now, if I stuck my foot in, my, in the ground and it twisted, I felt a pop, my pain's on the joint line, I have a positive orthopedic, and now my MRI is also positive. Yep. With a certain amount of certainty, I can say that that's what's going on there. But I can't rely on one thing all the time. Yep. And I make this analogy all the time, too. I've never been to Australia. 
So I can't tell you 100% for sure that it, that it exists. But I know enough people that have been from there. There's pictures of it. Yeah. I can triangulate with all those baseline knowledge. That that's, that's as close to the truth as we can get. Right? We can't yeah. prove anything. So when we're talking about internet, YouTube, yada, 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 it's intellectual laziness to just watch a YouTube video and think that you have some mastery over some sort of principle. Yeah. That's, that's the current era. I mean, we're just, you know, and everybody's so certain of everything. They'll go on your Twitter or Instagram and be like, no, it's this or this or this. Do you get those dickheads too? Yeah, of course. What the fuck? I don't know. Trolls. I, trolls. And usually if it was like Dr. Bo Hightower, this is my exact name. This is yeah. my practice. Here's right. my body of work and all my beliefs. Yep. Let's c- communicate. Right. It's fucking Joey 69. You don't know anything with a private account. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. Fucking douche. And I think it's it's probably the same, People, you know, yeah. one to seven douchebags, depending yeah. on the, the argument. Or get the a issue. life, right? Like, worry about your own stuff. Yeah. Nobody's trying, nobody cares what you have to say, honestly. No, on some fucking You're on somebody else's page running your mouth. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. My followers will roast you, too, if you come on my page. So you, if you, you get some good streams going? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're doing things to help people, so you're going to get roasted. People Absolutely. are going to come after you. Absolutely. So there's this stuff going around on the internet right now. People are talking about, oh, don't roll your IT band. Yeah. Um, and, and let's just break this down to the fundamentals. This is super simple. So there was a study that came out that said that it takes... Um, somewhere between 2,000 and 3,500 pounds of force to deform the IT band. So when we talk about foam rolling, we have to understand the principle of what you're doing with self-myofascial release. You're not deforming the tissue. You're not breaking it down. The tissue is very strong. Our bodies are pretty resilient. Things can rupture sometimes, but it's with crazy amounts of force. So what you're doing there with a foam roller or a lacrosse ball or whatever else is you're, you're holding down the tissue, tricking your body into thinking that muscle shorter than it should be, which makes it turn it off from the inside out. The IT band is a continuation of your glute maximus and your TFL. Yep. They abduct or bring your leg out to the side. So they also control lateral knee pain. Yep. The cool thing is, is we can test this theory in real life. We can do dry needling with electrolysis into it, and the IT band contracts. Very simply. So yep. if it contracts, it can relax, and vice versa. So when we talk about this cadaver stuff, nobody ever thinks about like the basis of it, right? So I'm looking at a cadaver. You know, calories are what? Units of energy. Yeah. Heat. 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 So when we eat food, we literally burn those. Some people's mind just got blown, by the way. Right. Right. Go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you're physically generating heat when you eat food. Like the torch. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Picture that you are the torch. You are the torch. (laughs) (laughs) So say we're hanging out at 98.6 degrees. If you're not eating food, you're literally going to get colder. So our bodies are constantly maintaining this temperature, which is the best for our optimization of all of our internal organs. When it gets cold outside, for example, our brain needs to be at a certain temperature. So you will pull blood away from your fingertips and your toes to keep your central nervous system and your internal organs yeah. warm. That's, that keeps blood in your brain. Yeah. When it's hot, when it's too hot, you can't think very clearly because now you're pulling blood away from your brain to try to keep it cool. Hmm. So our body's constantly fighting this battle of homeostasis, trying to maintain a temperature. Yeah. So the way that this relates is a cadaver study. So if we're 98.6 degrees, at that temperature, our blood is liquid. Yeah. Our muscles and other tissues are semi-solid. Just like anything else in physics, if I melt, you know, if I heat up plastic, it's going to change. It's yeah. going to be liquid at a certain temperature. Water turns to solid at a certain temperature. It also turns to steam at a certain temperature. So our body functions really well at about 98 degrees. We do everything possible to maintain something close to that. So when I die or when I have a cadaver, that's going to be room temperature, maybe yeah. 60, 65 degrees. So naturally, again, all those tissues are going to be much more solid at that temperature than they would be at anything else. So if I froze you to zero degrees, do you think there's going to be any give to anything? No, it's going to snap and break. Yeah. So when we're looking at these studies, we have to take them with a grain of salt. We can understand that, yes, these tissues are very tough. 
I mean, we should know that. I've, I've done 30 so cadavers in my life. We cut them open. They're very rigid and tough. Yeah. Our body's very strong. But you can't apply that to a real-world living person and act like that's the end-all, be-all. Yeah. We can clearly demonstrate in real life that the IT band contracts over and over and over again. That being said, it can relax. So we're not just going to take things that we find in cadavers and act like that's the end-all, be-all. So all those people out there that are you know, talking about don't roll this or don't roll that, there's a place for everything. You don't want to roll over your bones. That's not effective. Your bones can't release. Ouch. Yeah, it hurts. It causes bursitis. It causes paralysis. What if you got so much muscle you can't touch your bones? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the case for some people, you know. Um, but, you know, rolling generally is very healthy for you. Yeah. It will keep you mobile. It will keep you loose. In certain areas of the body, when we're using a roller, for example, I'm pinning the muscle between my femur and the roller. Yeah. That pinching motion makes the muscle turn off. Yeah. Some areas of the body, you don't have bones. So if I see somebody rolling on their abdomen... You know, there's a specific way to do that. And like, I'm getting my psoas. Bullshit, you're not getting your psoas. Yep. Your psoas lies behind not only your transverse abdominus, your rectus abdominus, your obliques. Oh, your large intestine, your small intestine, uh, your ureters. So if you're touching my, my psoas through the front... You're fucked up. Yeah, you, you basically punctured my intestines, you're <laughs> pinching down my ureters, so I'm not going to be able to piss anymore. Yep. That muscle lies to the side of the spine. So, again, we just have to go back to some principles, guys. Like, you're not reaching the psoas to the front. Yeah. Let's just try to be accurate as best as we can here. And maybe that technique works, but maybe for some other reason than we thought. Yep. Maybe you're just releasing the rectus abdominis, which is tight, which would be, that'd be cool, too. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't have to be the fanciest explanation for everything. Yep. What's the rule? Occam's razor. Occam's razor. Yep. Define Occam's razor. Occam's razor is the simplest answer is usually the right one. That's... Why is that such a complex My God. concept we want to make for people everything. to grab onto? Jesus. What the people? And I could use Occam's razor right now with this beard, man. I'll tell you what. I, is it the Viking look? What is the... It's something. Just, <laughs> I like it. fits. Well, if you got hair, man, fucking grow it. You know? And you keep it's it It's a groomed, lazy look. Which is cool. Yeah. a lot of guys come in with the ungroomed beard. Nobody wants to see that shit. Yeah, you're right. I'm guilty of that sometimes, too. You know, insects living in there and such. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Coconut oil. Yeah. Is a good like beard rub, right? Is it antimicrobial for sure? Ah, Keeps the, that's the beard. That's a good idea. Yeah. Nice. That's a good idea. Nice. There we go. Keep it natural. Keep it natural. Keep it sexy though. It smells good too. You know, coconuts. There, coconut. Coconuts. Mm. Delicious. Mm. Um, so what else is going on? What's what's next for you? So Overeem goes out there, does his thing. You fly back. Get a W. You know. Uh, yeah, we're treating some of the other big fighters out here this week. But yeah, going back, just the same old, same old. Uh, we're doing a little world tour, so we'll be in L.A. and in San Jose. We'll be seeing some folks out right there, now. fixing some people up. But, yeah, basically we're trying to, you know, our whole goal is to teach people how to take care of their body, yeah. to empower people, to not have people, you know, reliant. Yeah. And, again, let's, let's just talk a little bit about, like, different healthcare providers. So, generally speaking, if you have a chiropractor or physical therapist, if you guys want to learn how to spot a good one and a bad one, yeah. if they try to sign you up for a set number of plans that seems like it's more than eight or nine, run. Yeah. They're trying to get in your wallet. Yeah. There's no specific way that you could tell me that somebody needs 32, 65, whatever treatments. You know, that's what just I, the, the, the pay model to keep our doors open. Right. You know, pay off my fucking student debt. Right. And model. it's the same thing with like, uh, you know, TRICARE or something, right? Like yep. those are the best phar uh, pharmaceutical companies because these people have never have copays. Yep. They don't have to reach in their pocket for anything. So why wouldn't they stay on them? Yep. You know, so you have perpetual clients for life. Yep. And most of those drugs are lifestyle drugs, right? Look at the top 10 most prescribed drugs. You're talking about uh, heartburn drugs and cholesterol drugs and things that, you know, physiologically don't even make any sense. So we're controlling some lipid value that has no physiological form or function. Yeah. And it's bastardization of statistics too, right? Absolutely. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. So if I take somebody's risk from 3 in 1,000 to 2 in 1,000, not controlling any other variables, 
I'm not wrong to say that that's a 50% reduction. And I can walk around and tell people, this product reduces this by 50%. But if you explain the numbers to the real world to somebody, they said, hmm, maybe that's not worth the joint pain and the libido loss and all the other bullshit problems that come with it. Yep. So you are not opposed to pharmaceuticals in, in the right cases, context, the right context, right. but not as a first resort. You said earlier, you know, this problem equals blue pill, right? Right. Right. You know, something. It's always when lines. dying lifestyle doesn't work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, exactly. there is some of that, but the vast majority of dying lifestyle is going to work. The vast majority. And it's Hockham's razor. Right. The most simple answer. Right. Maybe if I eat real food and, and, you know, meditated or prayed yep. and cut my stress down a little bit and exercised, I would probably feel a lot better. Yep. That's a, a great point. A lot of people don't take that into consideration. And that's one of the primary tenets of them being healthy, right? which is necessary for them to be fit or them to perform or them to have sexy body, insta, you know. For, insta yeah, famous. Exactly. You have to be loved. Right? right. And you have to be loving. You have to give love. You have right. to have that type of joy yep. in your body to truly be optimized. And right. a lot of people we deal with, they're, quote, doing everything correctly. And you look at the paper, they're not doing yeah. anything poorly, but the results are absolutely terrible. Right. Then you find out, dig deeper, well, emotionally, they're not where they need to be. And that does set off a whole cascade of problems, mm. discernible, actual, real problems that, that you can certainly see, you know, performance and, and, and the physicality and, 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 you know, composition, lean mass composition and, right. and such and blood values. People don't get that right. right. So that our, our tenants are nutrition, recuperation, stress management, exercise. Like those are the, the four pillars. Seems pretty logical. And people want to know about the diet, the diet, the diet. And I'm like, well, fuck, you sleep with, with six the supplement. Hours a night. You know, this will take care of it. I wish. Come on, man. How cool would it be to just like totally like go, um, um, you know, go like heal, right? <laughs> Turn to like and just come out with like a line of fucking supplements, yeah, like pre workout, post workout, like you know what I mean? Go, yeah. Just go hard. Well, this one's a little different, you know. This one's got you know the the newest variation the newest. of ephedra, blah 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 blah. Whatever Doctor Oz said yesterday will be in the product tomorrow, guaranteed, right? And it'll sell, and just sell it. Throw some circulos in there, keep costs, you yeah, know, costs right. low, keep the costs low, add a little bit more dye to it, yeah, because we need that yellow fifteen. Has to has yeah. got to. I, I always say blueberry but blast. There you go. Who would fucking put a any any product that says blueberry blast into them when it's a quote health product? Right. How do you think it looks like blues and berries and has blast to it? <laughs> Let's just think about that for a second. That's How crazy. the fuck do you put that into your body? You know, I've always wondered this too. It's like for some reason we we dye cola, like not that cola is good for you, but brown. Why why is that refreshing to people? What? Wouldn't you want like clear or blue maybe it's like oh it looks like the ocean yeah but you know not that blue is good but like we're gonna we're gonna color it brown and that's gonna make you thirsty like wh whose idea was this that we're gonna go caramel focus groups why do we need colors in the damn drinks right <laughs> to hide the chemicals yeah right <laughs> the, you know just murky muddy yeah i'm still blown away that people drink soda right it's like people that still smoke cigarettes the people that drink soda are in the same category you look at them you're like what the fuck you like what the fuck you doing are you joking right yeah. now? Are you you're actually going to drink a soda? You ordered a soda? Like are you fucking kidding me? Well, you know, I want that insulin spike really quickly. That'll be good. The carbonic acid's going to be great for my teeth and my bones. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, is, this is great. Yeah, all the artificial colors. Right. Sign me up. And what does it do for and you? It's cheaper than water. Cheaper than fucking water. Why? Is How that? did that happen? Hmm. Weird. Why is a salad more expensive than a hamburger? Right. 
Weird. Weird. So, you know, you want to talk about government subsidies. Maybe instead of bailing out insurance companies and Wall Street, maybe you ought to make health food a little bit cheaper. That's Or, again, this is funny, too. So I'm pretty libertarian, right? Yeah. So we're taxed out the wazoo on everything all the time. You have property taxes and income tax and payroll tax and gross receipts tax and state income tax and tax on your flights and tax on your cell phone and tax for everything. So when I hear a new tax, my inst- instinctual reaction is to, to you know, cringe. Ugh, no way. Yeah. So they were putting the soda tax in in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And, I, I, you know, you, okay. you should always look at something and be able to change your mind based on the, the facts at bay, right? So yeah. I started sitting there and I said, hmm, if we're going to tax anything, maybe instead of income, instead of penalizing people for trying to do better, yep. maybe we should be taxing Soda. Maybe we should be taxing Cheetos. Maybe we should be taxing cigarettes. Yeah. You know, I believe that people should be able to make their own decisions. I'm a libertarian. Again, if you want to be fat and you want to eat all this crap, you know what? It's your choice. Your family has to deal with you, yeah. but it's nobody else's responsibility to bail you out and pay for you because of your crappy actions. And what we were talking about earlier, that public assistance. Right. Public assistance allows you right. to purchase soda right. and, and Cheetos and crappy chips. The school chips. lunches and, the, and the, you know, the food stamps that allow you to buy crap. And the reason why, of course, is because these companies have legislated into effect the fact that Frito-Lay and Coca-Cola... And they have to get their products to the people. Yeah. And how big, it'd, it'd be funny, because you always say, just follow the money. Right. So Pretty much in anything, the right? Companies? What do they have to gain? Billions, trillions, right? You know, it's, it's making a, taking a, a conspiracy leap <laughs> here. But the parent companies involved in the food, the processed food companies, are possibly associated with the pharmaceutical companies or medical you know, companies or insurance companies, right? It's right. not a far leap. And I don't have any of this data. I'm just kind of theorizing sure. here, having fun right. uh, with, with Dr. Hightower. Because if they're not, are they all that stupid? Right. Because it's either got to be one or the other. Right. It's got to be like this insidious group of people, ah, let's kill the world. Right. can't believe that's true. Are they that fucking stupid? Because they can't be that stupid because they built these multi-billion dollar companies, entities, agencies, industries. So they're pretty fucking smart. Right. So it makes you sit back and when anytime I hear anybody say anything, I, I pull back. I say, who's financing this? Right. Where's the money involved right. in this? Son Ooh. of a bitch. Yep. Like, oh, so I, if you were you truly to in school that together, huh? Yeah, exactly. Motherfuckers. Yeah. If you were truly there trying to get rid of these diseases, wouldn't you try to litigate ways to keep that out of people's hands? Yep. No. You wouldn't. No, of course. Because you want those sick customers so you can sell your drugs. What about cigarettes? With the big sticker, this will kill you. Right. But <laughs> buy it. It's right here for seven ninety nine right. plus tax. What the fuck? Like, what is that? I don't know, man. It's crazy talk. Well, that goes to something else. There, again, there was another podcast talking about professions, and it's ad hoc, ad hominem, you know, attacks. And it's like, look at the 50s. We're, we're not, they're physicians not telling you that, you know, eight out of 10 physicians endorse this tobacco. Yeah. By the way. What the f- yeah, the current medical system didn't even exist. I mean, we were bleeding people out. You don't base the medical system now on the fact that we used to draw people's bad blood out, or we use electroshock therapy. Um, you know, manipulation is something different. Like it's, it is something that's been around forever, and it does work, and it's working, it's working, it's working, it's working. You don't get to judge somebody nowadays by what somebody did in eighteen ninety five. I mean, that's crazy talk. And you know, Rogan had come out and he'd made some statements. I didn't follow all of his statements, but I know he took um, an opposing stance to the merits of chiropractic, mm-hmm. and he posted an article that pretty much blasted it. So I'm assuming Joe's opinion reflects that of the article. So I'm, I'm just to, to to be clear. Now they cite Doctor Palmer as one of the founders, and then they, they make a leap to 
Palmer's, you know, school of chiropractic, and that might not be the correct term, but his curriculum, school thought line. And then they make another leap to just, you know, these quack doctors that are just trying to run people through their doors so they sure. can get paid. That's not my experience. I, you just worked on me. You just you just gave me immediate relief to an area that's been troubling. And I've gone to other chiropractors who weren't able, but I've gone to orthopedists also and traditional practitioners and physical therapists and others, you know, CSCSs. Sure. Limited type of work. So you, what right now, excellent. I also work with chiropractors that have put me back together. My sure. rib is out. You right. know, my neck is out. My back is out. No Fuck. Doubt. I, Nothing will help you and... I walk walk out of the office, and and people listening have had that experience. So, had you taken a look into what his thoughts are, are you aware? And then, do you have any points that, that would kind of counter maybe some of the sides? Right. Not knowing, you know, he's not here. The writer of the article is sure. not here, so it's just open dialogue, right? And so, you know, that's a, that's a dangerous leap because again, one thing that I think people are confusing is a profession with a type of treatment. So, chiropractic is a profession, and I have a little bit of experience because I have I have two licenses. I'm licensed under the medical board as an apropathic physician. So, by the medical doctors, by the medical board, I also have chiropractic training. So are there crazy, kooky chiropractors out there? Of course there are. You know, there's bad people in every profession. But the, the clear delineation we have to talk about is the difference between a treatment, manipulation, and a profession, which is chiropractic, which could include nutrition. It could include all sorts of things. And, and they're licensed and regulated by every state board. You know, the, the head of the Olympic sports medicine team is a chiropractor. So if, if they were all that bad, my hunch is that the U.S. Olympic team probably wouldn't have one on board. Um, so, you know, we're, we're making this big leap, like the connections we were talking about. And you, you have to realize that D.D. Palmer was the founder of chiropractic, the profession. Yeah. However, the tenants he stole from a doctor of osteopathic named Andrew Taylor still. So if okay. you guys don't know doctors of osteopathic medicine, those are actually your surgeons, a lot of your family doctors. That's those, those the only DOs. ones that we go to. I look for a DO. I don't right. look, there's no disrespect to the MDs. Yeah, but, but they've got a little bit more uh, holistic approach, right? Exactly. But, you know, that profession doesn't get thrown under the coals as well. Manipulation has been around for thousands of years. The people in the Middle East, the people in Asia, I mean, yep. the barbers do it in uh, in India. They, they pop people's necks. So that's, that is a type of treatment. Do exactly. chiropractors use that more than other things? A lot of them do. Is that probably going to be the best result for you? It's probably not. But I think, you know, to encompass it and, and categorize it as either bullshit or, or quackery, there's plenty of studies out there, even just on manipulation, on the efficacy of it for lower back pain, for example. Um, are there some risks to it? There are. There certainly are. They've been documented. There's never been a correlation causation relationship. Um, you know, we were talking about the, the bottle that fell on her head yeah. the other day. So, you know, in, in, she fell on her head. She got adjusted. It sounds like, again, looking through all this, this information, it, it appears that the carotid artery was dissected. So if you guys out there that don't know it, getting your hair washed at a salon puts you at a risk of stroke. Okay. Getting your neck twisted or grappling. So, by the way, what's more force, getting into a headlock or a chokehold or somebody adjusting your neck? Headlock. Yeah, it's probably the headlock. So, yeah. you know, that is also somewhat risky. Now, as a treatment modality, if it doesn't do a whole lot better than manual therapy, we should probably do that and not necessarily pop the neck first. But to conflate this risk as something more than it is, I think, again, is irresponsible. Uh, the numbers have been placed based on a study by Cassidy, et cetera, um, somewhere in the one to one in two to five million manipulations poses a risk of stroke. But it's the same thing as looking over your shoulder to change lanes. We also have what's called salon stroke wow. from getting your hair washed. You are at risk for, for having a stroke from washing your hair. Wow. And when you start to look at those numbers, you have to ask yourself, is it causality or maybe these people have an underlying condition going on? So what I would say is that some of these chiropractors, particularly this one, 
you are given the responsibility of being able to diagnose people and send them to the ER as needed. If somebody comes in and they're showing you stroke presentations and you continue to adjust them, you are liable for that. You are being negligent. And that appears that that's what happened with that individual, that chiropractor that adjusted her neck. Instead of getting her to the ER where she should have gone, he went ahead and and treated that patient. Um, And if if you look at the statistics again, the stroke risk going to a family practice where they don't actually do anything right in a chiropractor are about the same. The reason being, those are both higher than the average, by the way, is that someone is probably presenting to that office with headache, neck pain, a.k.a. stroke symptoms for that. So if that clinician, whether it's a a family doctor or chiropractor, doesn't recognize that, then that person's outcomes are going to be much worse. Interesting. But one thing that people, again, don't realize is that one in 33 non-cardiac surgeries result in some sort of vascular occlusion, whether that's heart attack or stroke. One in 33. Wow. That's crazy. One in 33. Wow. And that's not even climbing, you know. In In what period of time? um, That's within the first 30 days. So looking at the study, they said the the incidence is probably higher because they're not tracking those things in the long term. Wow. And that's for non-cardiac surgeries. If you included cardiac surgeries, it goes way up. But that's for, you know, an elbow arthroscopic surgery or, you know, a tummy tuck or whatever else. I mean, one in 33, that's an insane number. Absolutely. Surgery is... is it's, not a, it's not a walk in the park. Everybody acts like it's this, you know, nonchalant thing. It is a very invasive and potentially life-threatening risk on your body. It blows me away. The people that have cosmetic surgery, right. they take such a high risk to For do what? what? Exactly. Like the implant craze, the right. butt implant right. craze, calf, whatever. Hips. Yeah, just to look a little bit better. You're risking your life. Do you look better? Maybe. And over what period yeah, over of time? What? Yeah, and does it change? You see that now, it's starting to you right. know, some of those bodies start to fall apart a little bit. But your your point on on the risk. Of and I'm not anti-surgery. I'm I'm for necessary, necessary. surgery. But take your time to get surgery. there. hundred. You should always try. You know, if it's an emergency, it is what it is. If your spine's broken, yep. you got to get taken care of. If your ACL's torn, you need that repaired. If your hand is broken, you need a plate in it. By all means, get that done. Yep. But if you have some, you know, unknown shoulder injury and you haven't done everything conservative first and you're just jumping into an operation, you are doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. When you have a bad massage, say, or a bad acupuncture session, odds are, you know, you lost some money. Okay, so it's not that big a deal. Yeah. If you have a terrible surgery or an unnecessary surgery, not only could you die, you create all this scar tissue, and you have so many secondary and tertiary and quaternary issues down the road, yeah. both biomechanically, not only that, recovering from the scar tissue. So, you know, I had this discussion. Somebody was talking about getting a cortisone shot in their knee, and I'm not anti-cortisone for some things. You know, it's, yeah. it's overused. But the doctor told him there's no, way, there's no way that that could have caused knee pain. And I said, oh, really? Well, how did the cortisone get into the knee? Yeah. If you just walk down the street and stab somebody in the knee with a giant needle, do you think they might have knee pain? Fuck. And frankly, that's why a lot of injections probably work and a lot of surgeries work Hmm. is because you pierce the muscle with a giant needle. You basically did a massive dry needling um, treatment on them. And when we look at the studies, again, epidurals, for example. So a lot of people don't know this. Epidurals for back pain, not FDA approved. Not that FDA approval means, you know, the end all be all. It's not FDA approved. So people that are getting cortisone shots in their spine for back pain and neck pain, not FDA approved. Not only that, it does no better than placebo. It does no better than saline injections. Fuck. Now, both do a little bit better than nothing. Yeah. Is that placebo? Is that because they believe it will be? Or it could be physiological. It could be that you introduced a needle or some fluid into that epidural space. I mean, I don't know. How powerful is the placebo effect? Unbelievably powerful. Probably the most powerful thing out there. Studied? Studied a lot. There's a... I can't remember the lady's name right now. She's a psychiatrist. I've actually just read her book recently talking about... 
I mean, there's been tons of studies on this kind of stuff about people that think they're gluten intolerant or whatever yeah. else, and then they're given something that had no gluten at all. They're given a sugar pill or something else, yeah. and they start having you know diarrhea and vomiting because they've convinced themselves that they've had something bad. Yep. I mean, I'm a huge believer in the power of positive thinking and you know self fulfilling prophecies. And, and again, not in some like the secret. I'm putting my mystical energy out there. Yeah. It works like this. We're social creatures. If I smile, you're going to smile. If I make a frowny face, you're going to perceive me to be a threat. These are called mirror neurons. So if I'm putting out positive energy, generally speaking, people will believe that, you know, give me some credibility or believe me, then I get that feedback back to me. <clears throat> so now I believe it more. And when I believe it, then I put it back out there. Yep. So <clears throat> when I've done that enough times, I've literally created this self-fulfilling prophecy loop of success. And so you can do the same thing with your health. There's plenty of documented studies where people that have convinced themselves that they were sick actually ended up getting sick. And that's the scary thing about WebMD or, yeah. you know, oh my God. you know, all these things where you convince yourself that you're sick um, instead of trying to convince yourself that you're healthy. Yeah. Most and people don't see it that way. It's crazy. You know, with me personally, and I've taken this too far before, but I'm going to convince myself that everything's fine until proven otherwise. And I'll give it three or four weeks. If it's not, then I also have to be honest with myself and say, okay, maybe there's something going on. Yeah. Then I get help. Yeah. Generally. Because you can convince yourself that something's wrong. And as soon as you have that thought... You see it. You start manifesting it. Absolutely. Everything. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, right now, I could get my heart rate up yeah. just, just by my thoughts, right? Yep. I can make myself angry or I can make myself, you know, with my mind only. There's nothing physiological around happening. Yeah. But if my heart rate is higher, now my blood pressure is higher. Yeah. If my blood pressure is higher, now the risk of me breaking off a, a plaque or a clot has increased. Yeah. So, if, if you don't believe that your brain controls all the aspects of your body and can make you sick or healthy, my friend, you are confused. So... You know, one of the huge things, and there's something called the nocebo effect, too, that people don't realize. When you take something, if you're told about the potential side effects, you're exponentially more likely to experience what you've been told about. Wow. And I've seen, you know, I, I've done it myself, and I've had my friends do it. They they have, like, ketchup out of the fridge, right? And they're, they're fine. They're sitting there. And somebody's going through it. They're like, hey, this expired last year. And all of a sudden, now they start getting sick. Huh. Or if they had never known about it before. That's funny. And the same thing happens with MRIs and x-rays, too. All the studies Absolutely. out there. That's why I love getting them. Yeah. I'm good. Oh, fuck it. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> if we look at all the research out there, 82% of people that have never had back pain have disc bulges. Yeah. So now if I have back pain for whatever cause, maybe it's ligament, muscle, or whatever else, I get an MRI they're looking for. And radiology is biased towards treatments. Okay. Most surgery didn't, it wasn't created in the age of evidence-based medicine. There's no research behind it. Yeah. And frankly, it would be inhumane to do a sham shoulder replacement. What are you yeah. going to do? Oh, my God. You can't do it. The sham surgeries they have done, arthroscopic knee surgery, the sham did better than the real surgery, where they just cut their skin open and sewed them back up. Oh, no shit. Both groups did better than the group that had nothing happen. Because they believed they had surgery, they had the best outcome. How about that for a trip? And that makes perfect sense. Yep. And then same thing with these with these studies, right? So like 82% wow. of people have disc bulges, never had back pain. The problem with the radiology is, is when I get a radiology report for a lower back, it's almost exclusively talking about disc material and maybe a little vertebral. I never see anything about muscles on there. They don't talk about multifidi thickness or psoas tears or anything like that. That just doesn't exist on there. When I get a shoulder MRI report, what does it talk about? Your rotator cuff muscles. It talks about yeah. arthritis. Yeah. So every region of the body is even dictated by radiology towards the treatments that are going on. Because when you have a shoulder injury, what's the thing that comes up? Rotator cuff, that's what everybody talks about. When you have a back problem, we're just going to talk about discs. Yep. When there's a multitude of muscles, ligaments, tendons that could be contributing to it. So if 82% of people that have never had back pain have disc bulges, and then you have back pain, and you go in, they go, aha, it was a disc. Yep. Was it there before? We don't know. We didn't have an image before. 
Same thing with rotator cuffs. Same thing with labral tears, hip labral tears, all of those things. Between 30 and 60% of people that have never had a problem, never had pain, have some sort of quote-unquote anatomical degeneration or anomaly there. Yeah. So then we're treating something that may or may not be the cause. And again, nobody's sitting down and thinking about the logic behind this. Like, well, why? Well, what if it could be this? What if it could be that? And say somebody has a, a rotator cuff tear, right? And we treat them, and they have no pain, and they have no pain for weeks at a time. Do you think I healed that rotator cuff tear? Probably not. It's probably still torn. But they don't have any symptoms. So why would I have surgery if my life is fine? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. In fact, with the president of the school that I teach at, which is Southwest University of Napropathic Medicine, so napropathic physicians are connected tissue specialists. This gentleman's been treating manually for 35 years. He slipped and fell on ice, popped some muscles for sure. So he got an MRI. He couldn't raise his arm past his shoulder. He had a full rupture thickness tear of three of his four rotator cuff muscles and a torn bicep and a torn labrum and a a, a quote-unquote subluxation of the humerus. Damn. How old is he? He was 64, but he has a nine-year-old boy. Oh, wow. Okay. So he wants people to play ball with him too. Yeah. So looking at him and looking at his presentation, what I was able to figure out was two of his tears are new, his subscapularis and his bicep. All the other tears are degenerative tears that he's had for 40 years of working on people. Gotcha. So instead of having surgery, we started treating him manually. We have a DO that we work with. He did some PRP injections into the torn muscles. Within five weeks, he had full range of motion, could throw a ball again, never had surgery. Wow. This guy, I mean, had everything wrong with the shoulder. Yeah. No pain, back to work. He never actually missed a day of treating people. Wow. So if, and, and that's in a, you know, a generally older population. So if he can do that, why couldn't a 30-year-old do that? Yep. And again, I'm not saying that surgery isn't always required, but we said, let's try this and let's see. If it doesn't work, we still have surgery on the table. If we jumped to surgery first, it eliminated every other option. Absolutely. And this should be the, the normal protocol in, in general practice. Right. Yeah, it should be, right? It's too bad that it's not. And is it just dollars? Because you, you believe it. I believe it. You know, most There's people dollars. involved know and believe it. So I'm sorry. I think, um, I think a lot of people, tru- the, you, you convince yourself of your frame of reality, right? Like yep. reality is completely and utterly subjective. So whatever you believe it, that's going to be your reality. And uh, unfortunately, the type of people that become healthcare providers tend to do things the right way. And they're, they're taught, you know, you're supposed to get good grades. You're supposed to do the X, Y, Z. So if they're told by the powers that be, whether that be a textbook or something old school, that this is the only way that it is, they're not going to question that. They're not going to go against that. And that's just, you know, what I heard from XYZ doctor. And again, it's an appeal to authority fallacy, right? Yep. If you listen to me just because I'm me, you're wrong. You should take a look and make sure that makes sense to you yeah. and try it out yourself. And if it's right, then you can agree that I'm right. Yeah. Now, we do give figures of authority some leniency because they are experts, but that's not the end all be all. You don't just listen to somebody just because it needs to make sense to you too, yeah. right? And unfortunately, what happens is, you know, Dr. XYZ says so, and that's, you know, that's the gospel. That's not true necessarily. And so you have to be able to question everything, and, and everything should be up for debate. Anything that I say, I expect people to ask me questions or, or make me prove it. Yeah. But then after I prove it to you, if you still don't want to believe me, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you watch the video of me treating uh, Jaron Solomon, Olympic sprinter's IT band. Yep. We're needling it. It's contracting. If you don't believe that that's the IT band, I don't know what to tell you. The sky's blue. Whether you want to believe it or not, yeah. I proved it to you. Was there controversy about yeah, this? Yeah, people are trying to say that uh, the needling video, oh, is his vastus lateralis or his hamstring. Um, and he, we needled all three on him just so he could feel a difference, so yep. he could tell you know, a differential. The IT band was contracting, man. Huh. So if I once I prove that to you, and then you still don't want to believe it, I don't know what to tell you. 
But I think everything should be questioned. Everything should be up for discussion. Nothing should be off limits, including the medical paradigm, including where professions belong in the medical paradigm, whether that's physical therapists, chiropractors. You know, and in our practice, we have, you know, multiple napropaths, multiple physical therapists, chiropractors. I really don't care because we want healers, period. I don't give a damn about the professional BS. Yeah. You know, there's there's great chiropractors, there's bad chiropractors. There's great physical therapists, there's bad physical therapists. There's great orthopedic surgeons, there's bad ones. I have great relationships with, with orthopedic surgeons. There's some crappy ones, you know? And I, I treat tons of MDs, tons of them. Sure. And, you know, nothing against them, but they are good at what they're good at a lot of times because of the specialization. Yeah. But my God, the anatomy knowledge from some of these people. Whoa. And you're an orthopedic surgeon and you don't know what the quadratus femoris is? So they just, I'm assuming they just know how to do the operation, essentially. Sometimes, you know, sometimes what you're talking about is somebody who's actually a technician. Yeah, yeah. And I've made this you argument. You need the technicians too, yeah. right? Yeah. You need those I, hands. I've made this argument about even chiropractors in the past, because if chiropractors, and, and again, I don't believe that the most are this way, most of the chiropractors I know are doing soft tissue work and taping and exercise prescription and things that are healthy for you, nutritional you know, advice, which is within the scope. Yeah. But if you're going to be the type that's only going to pop people, there, there's no reason to get a doctoral degree and go to f- school for four years for that. Yeah. There should be a technical school for six months or whatever, and that should be a chiropractor. And then you should have chiropractic physicians hmm. that are doing all the other stuff and diagnosing and ordering images. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a mixed bag with chiropractic. There's some crazy ones, but I mean, it's dangerous again to lump things into this broad category. I, I agree. And I, the, the term that you use healers, healers, that, that, that's the Whether correct term. Yeah. And why the lack of nutrition education in the medical field? So we run this weekend, we have one of our certification courses and we always have doctors, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be nurse practitioners or MDs that come and right. take a part in it. And four hours seems to be the average amount of nutrition, direct nutrition education they get during their entire right. term, you know, studying to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Is, this is true? This is true. What the, um, it, yeah, the hell? It's, Why? What is this? So it's tricky, right? Like not the human body. foundation. Sorry, it's a 101 no. basic, not even, not even four hours. Like, yeah, you know, whatever. I'm with you. So, you know, to, you don't need to memorize pharmaceuticals, right? Like we have computer apps for that. Yeah. Like what, what I tell all my providers, you have to know, you have to know anatomy, you have to know physiology, period. Yep. You have to know those. Once you have that, that you have the, the Rosetta Stone. You can unravel anything if you know those things. Yep. Nutrition, if we were doing that in office, would be the exact same thing. Yep. That's a pillar. So instead of memorizing every type of disease state out there, when you have a textbook full of them, what would be a lot more beneficial is understanding nutrition, and which goes into physiology, right? Um, you know, in my program, I went to Parker University, but we had, I think, three nutrition classes. Wow. Um, plus physiology classes that incorporated that. So okay. oftentimes, um, chiropractic physicians may actually have more nutritional education than a nurse practitioner or a medical doctor. Now, they have a lot less to memorize on the pharmacology sure. side of it, too. Yeah. So, the, you know, there is a, a only so much you can... They have more you know, bandwidth, maybe yeah. for nutrition. Right. Yeah. right. You can absorb because they don't have to memorize all the pharmacology and all the... You know, if somebody walks into my arm ble- or my office bleeding out of their shoulder... I don't know what the hell to do, man. I got to call the ambulance. There, yeah. There's an emergency physician that's going to fix that, yep. right? But you know, you have to know where to stay in your lane. And unfortunately, in our family practice doctors and our nurse practitioners, that should be the first freaking step. Yeah. Diet and lifestyle. 100%. What does doctor mean? What does doctor mean? It, it comes from the word to teach. Okay. So when we say doctor in our society, that's a misnomer too. Yeah. The only doctors are PhDs. Yeah. Okay. The word you're confusing is physicians. When somebody says somebody's a doctor or a real doctor or whatever huh. else. Yeah. No, no. What, what you have is inflation 
of degree systems. Yeah. So everybody wants to be called Dr. Blah, blah, blah. Frankly, I couldn't care less. You yeah. know, call me Bo. That's what my patients call me, Bo. Yeah. Yes, I have two doctorates. Yes, I'm working on a third. But my name is Bo. It's not my first name. It's not doctor. Yeah. Do you meet me at the grocery store? Don't call me doctor, blah, blah, blah. My name is Bo. Hi, nice to meet you. Yeah. So unfortunately, all these degree programs, maybe fortunately, I don't know, but they're all doctorates now, right? Yeah. Because they can get another year of, of tuition out of you. Yeah. You know, you can recruit more people to your program. So everything's a doctor now. You have doctors of physical therapy, doctors of audiology, doctors of nursing practice. Um, everything has moved to a three or four year doctor program. So yeah. everybody's a doctor. So um, whether that's right or that's wrong, we have a, you know, a saturation of doctors. And of course, medical doctors mm. wanting to be the cultural authority that they've made themselves into um, are protecting their bounds. So they're trying to fight back against nurse practitioners, which we need, right? Like they're fighting back against podiatrists who are not medical doctors. They're fighting back against optometrists who are not medical doctors. They're fighting back against psychologists that are not medical doctors. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even know that they don't know podiatrists are medical doctors. They don't know, uh, you know, optometrists. That doesn't mean they're less knowledgeable. Yeah. That just means they went to a non-medical school. They went yeah. to an optometry school. They went to a chiropractic school. They went to a dentist school. You know, dentists aren't doctors either. You know, they yeah. went to a, a, a school of uh, dental surgery. They just happen to hold a doctorate in right. dentistry. Would right. that be the... Yeah, or yeah. dental medicine or dental surgery. Yeah. There's DMDs and DDSs. Okay. Um, vets also didn't go to medical school. That doesn't mean that they either know more or less. But the AMA, you know, being the organization that it has, has yeah. managed to grab the cultural authority in our society to where they know everything and nobody else knows anything. And a lot of people aren't even aware of this, but chiropractic was attempted to, to be eliminated in the 50s and 60s sure. by the AMA. And they were actually found guilty of an antitrust lawsuit of trying to monopolize healthcare. Wow. The Wilkes case, okay. where they were putting propaganda into the schools in the 50s, the high schools, telling people that they, first they banned medical doctors from even associating with chiropractors. So if they wanted to co-manage a patient or refer back and forth, you yep. would lose your license over it. Wow. Yeah. Um, they would also put this propaganda into schools, scaring people and saying that, you know, they were, you know, dangerous and they call them dogs, puppies that needed to be put down. Um, and there was this huge, and it, there ended up being a leak. I think, I don't remember, they dumped it on the front door of these lawyers. Um, but essentially they were trying to eliminate anybody who was cutting into their money. And, uh, you know, they, of course they were found, follow the money. they were found guilty of, you know, antitrust monopoly lawsuit, you know, and that, that, and, and the argument people say, that's not a, an agreement that there's a massive efficacy in chiropractic. And again, chiropractic is a profession. Manipulation is a treatment. So there's not massive efficacy necessarily in manipulation Yeah. for ribs that are out for well, lower you back didn't pain. You manipulate me. We were, yeah, I didn't pop you once. Minutes. I, you I, pop I, me once. I barely ever pop anybody. Huh? Um, and, and so people will say, well, it's because you're an apropath. No, it's because I look at somebody as a healer and want to want to give them the right care. The education, the professional education that you have as a chiropractor allows mm -hmm. you a much deeper view into what's actually happening. Right. Where, you know, in a single disciplined professional wouldn't have that larger sense. Sure. And that's uh, it's easy to see, especially when you're working, but also when speaking with you about it. Right. And, and just like anything, some things are right and some things aren't. But, you know, I had all the same differential diagnosis classes, you know, all the same specialist classes, I have pediatrics, OBGYN. Not that I ever want to practice any of those things, but the knowledge base is there. Same thing with my napropathic physician education. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that I know everything. And in fact, if I don't keep sharpening the saw, I'll lose that too. And that's what I see with a lot of doctors is they think they know everything when they graduated yeah. and they don't keep growing. And I'll tell you what, when you graduate any doctoral program, you know jack shit. Nothing. I knew enough to not hurt people and that was about it. I didn't know how to fix anybody. Is that just because you had the lack of practical? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're just memorizing stuff, right? Yeah. And then there's no, you just go on what was told to you in school because you're off on your own now. Yeah. 
right? So you never get any feedback or anything else. And so, you know, <laughs> luckily I'm a problem solver and I, yeah. you know, I, I don't, I'm not okay with mediocrity. So it's like, what can we do to figure out how to fix this? Sure. So more certifications, you know, there's something you can gain from everything. But, you know, like I tell my students, I'm trying to give you guys the stuff that I didn't pay attention to or the things you need to know on day one. Yep. So you can go Monday and be a better clinician. Because that's the stuff that I didn't get, and I don't think any doctor of any kind gets, whether it's an MD, DO, whatever else. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's kind of funny too. Like, luckily, this this professional bigotry is kind of dying out over the years. You know, it's mostly only older doctors that think that way. Sure. Most younger doctors are open to discussions, and you know, everything has its merit, right? Everything has its place. Yeah, you know? I think the dad is there, though. Yeah, yeah of, it's there. You know, yeah. and everything has its place. Like, you know, it's not for everybody. Some people need counseling. Some people need therapy. Some people need pharmaceuticals. But the goal is to get the patient to the right place, period. And if you're a healer, you're going to do that. I don't care. You know, I don't, I don't care what profession somebody is in. Do I want somebody that's licensed and accredited? And yes. Of course I do. Have I want to. somebody with a baseline education. Yeah, that's where we make that statement constantly in the nutrition field. Right. How do you work with an unli- unlicensed practitioner right. of nutrition? Right. How can you, especially when you're a weight class oriented sport, cutting weight? I mean, some are getting down within a, a breath of life. And there's so much money and career on the line. How can you put your health in the hands of someone who is unlicensed, unlicensed to practice medical nutrition therapy, which is really, that's the weight cutting process, but just that deeper level of education and experience of a registered dietitian to oversee your health. Right. People don't see that. And like, oh, you know, they go to the bodybuilder, they go to the Instacoach online, not understanding that it's not about your fucking abs and it's not even about your your good performance in your fight. It's about your fucking health, idiot. Right. It's about your life. Right. You need a, a registered dietitian, a licensed professional. Mm-hmm. We always push that message right. out there. I'm not a registered dietitian. That's why I hired a team of registered dietitians. Understanding the importance, why would I take on such an expense right. if I can just rip out fucking right, exactly. diets? I want to keep all that money, all right? Wouldn't I? Right, exactly. That makes no, sense. No, I understand. That's that's out of my scope, out of my depth. So we have those medical, you know, professionals. Right. You know, I don't know if using the term medical professional is true, but we liaise licensed with, healthcare professional, licensed healthcare professional. Thank you, and we liaise constantly with medical teams. Right. That's that's a part of like I want your blood. We want your blood work. Exactly. You're gonna work with us. Let's exactly. see your blood work. Yeah. Let's work as a team here. Yeah. Well, who's your doctor? Let's talk to the doctor. And, and agree, again, it's there's a there's a baseline amount of safety that's necessary that's regarded in in. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So if you don't know that you can be dangerous, that's the one thing I'll give credit to to any doctoral program. Yeah. You know what's dangerous. You know to, to evaluate a stroke or a DVT, a deep brain thrombosis, or yeah. if somebody's blood pressure is too high or too low. So you know enough to not be as dangerous. That doesn't mean you can actually fix anything or you can be efficacious, but you know enough to not hurt people, generally speaking. Yeah. And so that's you know that's where a, a registered dietitian or a licensed napropath or a licensed physical therapist or a licensed chiropractor comes in handy. Yeah. Assuming you get the right vibes. And what I tell everybody is, is trust your intuition, man. Like if it feels cruel, if it feels like somebody doesn't know what they're talking about, they probably don't. Get the fuck out of there. And yeah, get out of there. It's your body. Yeah. It's your body. And I give people the same thing feedback. Please question me. If you have any questions, say something. Yeah. This is your this is all you have in life is your body. Yeah. So if you're scared, you need to discuss that with me and we need to figure out, you know, if I can explain this in a way that makes sense for you, or you should leave. Yeah. But if you're not comfortable, I'm not comfortable treating you. Yep. No matter what it is. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, whether it's soft tissue work or, or whatever, like you need to be comfortable with that situation and you need to question things and, and you need to ask your doctors more questions. And sometimes, you know, they'll put you on the spot and they're like, do you want this procedure now? I tell somebody like, <laughs> if I see that look in their eyes, you know, yeah. here's some literature, go home, read about it. We'll come back and talk about it. Vacation house payment is due, doc. My What's goodness. Up, well, it's like you get on the operating table and they said, you know, do you want the X, Y, Z? Is it covered by insurance? Oh, we don't know. 
You motherfuckers, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can stop. You can reschedule this procedure in, you know, nine weeks. We caught, on this note, we caught some procedures on our baby bill. Wow. And we caught, we never saw that doctor, 1500 bucks, Dr. So-and-so. No, they yep. didn't. No, they didn't. Yep. You know, oh, you know, and the fucking, the, the, immediately that shit gets wiped away. And, 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 you know, these hospital systems bank on the fact that people aren't actually checking and they yeah. don't know the difference. And our, health, our insurance pays for it. Right. But no, fuck you. Right. You know, right, fair is fair, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, we were just, let's see what happened, you know, because we're aware. Yeah, and for all you listeners out there, just because you get a hospital bill, everything in life is negotiable. Shh. Especially a hospital bill. Especially a hospital right. bill. So don't just sit there and pay that. Go in there and make sure everything adds up and negotiate down. Why do you think they charge so much, such crazy, bizarro world prices at hospitals? It's to yeah, mediate uh, non-payment. Right. That's exactly. what it's about. Non-payment. Exactly. They know. Yeah. You know, it was $80, the $80 aspirin or the $800 aspirin, whatever that fucking stat is. Insane. What about economics makes that... You know, worth $85. I could just bring my own in from right. fucking Walmart. You spent a night in the hospital. It was, what, $5,000 a night? Yeah. Do you know what kind of hotel you could stay at in the freaking, you know, at Fiji for that kind of money with five-star cooking and everything else? Like, but no, you got you gummies the whole hotel in Fiji. cafeteria food, and you shared a room with somebody else while, yep. you know, there's, there's C. Diff and Mercer all over the rooms and oh, everything else. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. It's like, get, the, get us the fuck out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. And, you know, sometimes you have to be there, but my God, like, yeah. the fact that people are going bankrupt over their healthcare bills is the number one cause of bankruptcy hmm. shows you how screwed up the system is. Like, yeah. th- th- this overinflation of money. And, you know, people will say it's about litigation, but that's not, no, that's not true. Of course not. It's about you have, greed. You have for-profit systems. Yep. And, you know, you're telling me that these people aren't making any money? Well, look at all the admin salaries and tell me they're not making money. Yep. I mean, that's ludicrous. Do you know the average admin salary? I don't. I would wonder. It's, it's high, though. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I'll get into trouble for this, too. I don't think that doctors should ever be rich. Interesting. Not from treating. If they want to sell books or something like that, that's a different story. What should be the, the, the median wage of but, a doctor? You know, for one, the, the education shouldn't be so costly. So you shouldn't come out of doctoral school or a DO or whatever, an MD, for with dollars $300,000 in student loan debt. That is going to influence your behavior as a clinician because you owe this much money. If you don't think that's true, you're wrong. Yeah. You don't think that's going to enter anybody's mind ever when they have $300,000 sitting over their head? That yeah. they're paying barely the interest? Yeah. Come on now. I mean, that's crazy talk. So they should come out with much less than that. Maybe we subsidize healthcare. I don't know. That's kind of against my libertarianism. Yeah. But if we're going to spend money on anything, how about education and how about health and you know things that make people's lives better? Yeah. I'm, if that's where it's going to go, I'm cool with that instead of funding wars and you know bailing out Wall Street and all this other crap that we do. But if they come out with less of that debt, you know what's wrong with making $120,000 a year? Yeah. $130,000. That's plenty. That's plenty. Yeah, making four times the national average right. or some sort right. of statistic. You are here to take care of people, not to be rich. And if and that's an, there's another problem, right? Like yeah. people go into the field not because they like people or they want to heal people, because it's prestigious or because they want to make money. Want to and then God. you yeah, and then you have personalities that that don't care about people because yeah. you know they, exactly they wanted the prestige. Yep. And if I tell my students the same thing, if you're in this for prestige, if you're in this for money, you're in the wrong field. Go home. Yeah. We're here to take care of people. If you can also make a nice, stable living, that's awesome, too. Yeah. That's great. And if you put the service to the people first, the living comes. Generally speaking, of course. You know? You know, I would rather, I would rather be broke than, you know, charge people an arm and a leg or whatever else. As long as I know that I can make people's lives better, yeah. I'm cool with that. Now, would I also like to set up a business system to where it's not passing on more cost to the consumer and I can train people to do what I do and heal people and make some more money from that or sell a book or a podcast or whatever else? Absolutely. And yeah. I have nothing went wrong with doctors doing that. Yep. But 
to make a procedure costs one hundred twenty thousand dollars total amount for a surgery. That's insane. Yep. People can't afford that. Insane. Insane. Knowingly insane. Knowingly insane. Yeah. Right. I mean, cool anesthesiologists. You guys are brilliant people. You're smart people. Should yeah. you make five hundred fifty thousand dollars a year? Wow. I don't know. That's what they're pulling. A lot of times, most surgeons at hospital systems are making four fifty salary. So the anesthesiologist is. They're the king of the castle for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. They're just—they're all so fucking chill. Yeah. From from my experience, right. you know, they're all just I've, having, I've had procedures done too, and yeah, yeah. they're um, so chill because they're like, I got making more money than you. And yeah, you, right. And you. You <laughs> That's know. what they're saying. And again, <laughs> fucking stone. So they always talk about the road uh, in medicine to success. So it's radiology, um, ophthalmology, anesthesiology, and dermatology. Huh. Those are the four professions that are on call the least, have the highest return on on revenue. Yep. They're all making well over $250,000, $300,000. There you go. You know, and some of this stuff, whatever, right? Like if you're a dermatologist and you're doing, you know, Botox and people are willing to pay for it. I'm, it the market's there, right? Whatever, yeah. The market's like, there. People are willing to pay, all right? But but for things that people have to have, I have a major problem with people That's going broke point. over that. You know yeah. what I mean? The cosmetic um, side should be fucking... Cash pain. Let it sure. be expensive. Yeah, absolutely. You know, go be, go buy your fucking Bentley. Right. Whatever. There's a Hyundai right there. Dude. Right. If that's what you want to do. Again, I agree. Yeah. But, you know, like the and you know, I'll probably get some pushback on this, but I just I don't think that any doctor should be rich. I don't. Yeah. It's an interesting point for sure. Not from treating patients, at least. Yep. Again, if you want to make a book, if you want to do whatever else. It's like, like the politician concept. Yeah. Do your, do your thing. Yeah, exactly. The politician should be rich. Yeah. You kidding me? Hey, look how many are fucking rich, though. They I'm, come out millionaires, right? How like, is that? How did that happen? Hmm. Weird. And speaking of Bernie Sanders, right? Right. Two vacation houses. Interesting. Well, and they're under investigation for bank fraud, right? Which is maybe not true. Who knows? Yeah. But still. They're under investigation. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Do you listen to uh, Ben Shapiro? Uh, He's got um, a pretty good podcast. Mm-mm. He's a he's a pundit conservative. I'd say you know far or deeper conservative. I don't like the far right concept, uh-huh. but he's very conservative, constitutional conservative, uh, Jewish man, very proud, wears the yarmulke and, and such. Okay, speaks on public campuses a lot. I don't agree with everything. Very you know hard line, right? Um, but very intelligent, good points. Former editor, I think editor at large of Breitbart, and then resigned out of a. Uh, Moral, you know, on a morality on his side, he didn't feel like they were reporting properly, right. not doing that full justice. Interesting guy, um, something that you know, throw out there to uh, to take a listen to. I forgot I'll exactly how because there was a point to it, but yeah, uh, I've been listening to him his stuff a lot lately, and it, it ties up both sides, left and right. Because it's, it's all fucking bullshit. Let's right. all say it. Right. Trump, Hillary, fucking Bernie, whoever, right. Ted Cruz, whoever, right. whatever. Same, same basic fucking well, person. And, and guess what? You know, like. You, all the three-letter organizations, right? Yeah. CIA, IRS, FBI, they're, they're all above reproach. Yeah. You know, the president's a temporary employee. Only four yeah. years, eight years. Do you think they know everything? Do they think they hear everything? Yeah. No. You don't think the deep state is real? Anybody out there that does this? Fuck yeah, Come it's on, real. man. Fuck yeah, it's real. Come on. Now, is their intention good or bad? Is it the insidious group of people plotting to take over the world and kill the population? Or is it just a group of people that are trying to do right in a middle of a crazy fucking shitstorm. You know, I thought I thought things would change after the Edward Stoddard stuff came out, but yeah. it didn't cuz the public doesn't care. Public doesn't cuz because the Kardashians because uh you know TV and fluoride yeah. one would say Yeah, we're just paying attention to to crap. Oh, look over here. Look at Trump's tweets. Look at But wait a second. We just found out the NSA was was hacking all of our computers without even having wireless on and yeah. nobody blinks. But the CNN <laughs> WWE fucking Wow, yeah, that's that's what's days. going on, you know. The fact that they're 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 allowed to sell our information to corporations and we okayed that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, go, I mean, look at the Patriot Act. Look at all this kind of stuff. I would rather be free than feel safe. Yeah. 
You know, I don't want anybody in my business. I don't want any of these organizations and the selective law enforcement too, right? It's like we, we pick these laws that we're selectively enforcing, but I noticed the IRS doesn't selectively enforce. They always come for their money. Hmm. That's interesting. Cha-ching. Right. Yeah. Because it's always about the money, right? Yeah. Oh, and their money. No, it's out. Always. And, it, and left or right, it's like, okay, we'll raise taxes on this side, but why do we keep spending more? Yeah. And the right says, we'll just go into debt more for it. Yeah. Well, that's the stupidest thing. Like, my household doesn't work like that. Right. How the fuck could any... And my business doesn't work like that. Right. No other successful, even just healthy, even surviving business works like that. How the fuck in the government? Yeah. That makes absolutely... Because they make the rules, right? And there's the printing press, right? Here's, here's some more money, quote, unquote, yeah. money, whatever money is, right? Whatever money is there. Yeah. It. I mean, really, think about this. What's debt? What, are the, what is debt? What is it? Well, what is the... The feeling of debt is it's 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 an, a, a it can make can make you sick, right? Yeah. yeah, it can literally make you sick. But what is it really? You have a negative charge, and it's nothing real. It doesn't matter. It's a piece of paper. How about this? In a country where we can print as much money as possible, we don't we don't meet the budget, right? So if we tax four trillion and we spend six trillion, what do taxes actually do? If we're printing more than we actually have, if we're spending two trillion more than we have, yep. All it does is keep people poorer. That's yeah. it. Because we're, we're, we're not keeping a, a book here, yeah. right? So it's not really the money. It's not really our money paying for anything because we're $2 trillion shy or $3 trillion shy, yeah. plus the debt. So our money isn't actually paying for anything. What it's doing is keeping us relatively poorer. That's a good point. Interesting. In a, in a society that prints money, all taxes do is keep people down. What do you think about flat tax? Everybody pays 10%. No matter where you are. No. I, I used to be a fan of it. Um I, I do get these little stripes of green party, you know, bleeding hard in me too. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like maybe there should be like a three, no deductions, a three tier, you know, say maybe you make less than 50 grand a year, you're at like 5% or something. Everybody should pay something, yep. period. 100%. So you, you know what it's like. Yep. And then 50 to 500,000, you're at, I don't know, whatever percent. And then you're over 500,000, you're at a higher percent. Something okay. like that. Or a million or 10 million or whatever the third party is. Yep. Maybe it's 50,000 to 10 million. And then any over 10 million, you pay a higher percentage or, yeah. or something like that. But I think, you know, TRICARE, Medicare, all these things where you don't have any copay, I think that's a crock. I think you should always have to reach in your pocket and pull something out yeah. so that you understand the cost of what the services that you have. Yeah. You know, uh, even if even if we're doing something with, you know, we'll make things work for people. If they're too poor to afford our care, we'll figure something out, whether you wash my windows or something. But you should always give something in exchange for that, even if you reach in there and pull a dollar out. Yeah. But there should always be some level of copay. That way, you don't you understand what it feels like to not waste those dollars. Because yep. here's the thing: when you have Medicare and you're bored, why wouldn't you go to the doctor six days a week? Yep. You might have to think about it, and you might have to pick and choose what's important to you or what's not. Otherwise, right? Because that's what I have to do. Yeah. I just had a procedure done. My copay was twelve hundred dollars because hmm. I have a seven thousand dollar deductible that I pay four hundred dollars a month for. So, Shit. and it was expensive. And. What type of health care do you have? Do you have it through your business? Do you have it as a private citizen? A private do you have citizen. Obamacare? Yeah. Okay. I'm a private citizen. Um, and we only have two options in New Mexico. So, you know, it's... Shit. And so I never hit my deductible, obviously. Yeah. I'm not going to spend 7000 on a pocket, generally speaking. But then anytime I have to have procedures, even some that are quote-unquote... Uh, um, what's the word? Um, hmm. pre- not, not preventative, but... Uh, yeah, I'm blanking on you. No worries. But, um, you know, e- even things that should be covered, you yeah. know, be- because of my gross income level or whatever else, like, you know, my age, right? So yeah. this this new healthcare plan is kind of reverse ageism in a way. You know, all these young people are supposed to pay for everything. But here's the problem with this generation. 
our young people don't have any money. They got no fucking jobs. Right. They don't care. And they're in debt out their ass. You know, what is it? 70K is the average fucking student debt right now. So how are they going to pay for the health care? It doesn't make sense. Shit. They don't care. They're not interested in money. They're not interested in success. They just want to be famous on social media. and Can't even rely on them to fucking make me a smoothie at the fucking cafe. But they want $15 an hour though, right? 100%. Come on, man. Dude. (laughs) Come, Come on, man. When I was a kid, I was eight years old. I was what's known as a dock rat. I would go lived in a, on a shore community in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and I would go to the marina. The charter boats would come in. They would have you know two a day, half day, full day. I would come in when the charter boats would come in. I'd stand on the dock and I'd wait for a boat that needed someone. I'll clean the fucking boat. That's awesome. Two three hours, I would fucking scrub down these sixty foot fucking charter boats, clean them down, descale them, do the whole fucking thing, bleach and ammonia, wipe it all down for three bucks. Wow. For three fucking dollars. And wow. I would go every day, Monday through Friday. I'd make my $3, make my 15 bucks, and I would go twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday. Right. And make another hustling. 12. Hustling, hustling. Yep. Work my fucking ass off, unfortunately. And I've seen quite a few. And I don't want to say millennials, just... There's other generations, mm-hmm. and there's people, you know, just people in, people in general will say that they want it. They have that entitlement fucking attitude instead of going out there to get it. Get your fucking ass out there. You know, come home smelling like fucking fish. Yep. You know, with that fucking money in your pocket and wake up happy the next day. I'm the yep. first, I was the first fucking kid there. There you go. Ready to fucking roll. That's lost, unfortunately. Yeah, that attitude is lost. Yep. I used to work at a car wash. I'd have to empty the trash cans. I'd vomit in them. It would get all over me. I'd have to empty the sewers out, you know, yep. stuff like that. Just to, you know, I, I, you got to do it, man. You got to fucking work. You got to do it. And so, you know, yeah, like goals. people are like, oh, I can't find a job. But you're not trying very hard. There's plenty of places that'll help you out, man. Let me take your hand. I'll go find you fucking I five jobs you. right now. You don't want to do that job, but that's a different story. Exactly. You know, when somebody's standing on the side of the street or whatever, there was a guy selling waters the other day. I said, yeah, I'll get one. Yeah. Thanks, now, dude. Yep. Now I'm pissed that you're not paying taxes, but no, I'm just kidding. But but you're doing something. You're trying to sell something. Yep. You're not just standing there with a sign. You wash my window or something. Yep. Like I'll help you out, but you got to do something to help yourself out a little bit too, man. Yep. If like, you're willing to work, work to, will find you. To do something. Do something. Like I said with my patients, if they can't afford it, we'll figure something out. Yep. You you come in a vacuum or if you you know want to exchange something for this or you stand outside with my sign and spin it around for yep. you know 30 minutes or an hour, we'll figure something out. That's like cool. I'm, I'm not going to let you just you know be in pain or, or, or go hurting. You know, we'll figure something out. But it's not just going to be some coasting free ride either. Yeah. You, you got to do something. And you get that. We all get that. I think any professional gets that, yep. that people... Any entrepreneur or anybody that understands what it means to run a business or yep. to make ends meet. Absolutely. You have to. You keep the fucking lights on and the doors open so we can help people. Right. And it is a valuable service. Obviously, it's valued enough that the person is asking you for access to right. it. So where's the reciprocation? It doesn't have to be monetary. Sure. Can be. That's the easiest way, probably. That is the easiest way. And it's probably the least respectful way. Right. I would almost want... Truly. Some, right? Yeah. You know, here's a piece of paper. Thank you so much. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm fucking out of here. Here's these credits that go into your bank. And by the way, 35% is going back out to Uncle Sam right off the top, right? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, I wish it was 35%, right? Yeah. Oh, you're in a non-state uh, income tax, right? Love Las Vegas. Yeah. Love Nevada. Love Nevada. Yeah, New Mexico, we got that. And we have gross receipts tax of 7.5%. Fuck. Yep. So, man, what's, what is... So you, have, you have federal, you have your state, and then you have gross receipts. It's just another one. And who gets the gross receipts? Uh, I can't remember where it goes to. It's something for the city. State. So it's uh, maybe for the police or so education or whatever. in the city of, of Albuquerque, you Any, have to kick another yeah. 7%? Anything you sell, you have to give 7.5% back on. Off your gross? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah, business friendly, right? 
and you wonder why you can't get the economy going. No, how can, how, and, shit, I wouldn't. And what does it do? It makes people poorer. So guess what? I'm not going to sit there and eat that. So we have to pass yeah. that 7.5% back onto the patients, yeah. which makes our treatment more expensive. So it effectively makes the poor people in the state more poor because now they have to pay the 7.5% back onto it. But by the way, you know, your property tax wasn't enough. Your income tax wasn't enough. Your state income tax wasn't enough. What property tax the like The sales tax wasn't enough. Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. It'd be interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. it's uh, it's cheaper than Texas. I know that. But. Okay. Texas is okay. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, you know, there's when is enough? Can we see the budget first? Can we see where the money's going? A hundred percent. My God. Instead of just raising a tax every time something pops up. Yeah. And we have this situation in New Mexico right now. They put they decided to put this bus station in that nobody wants. It's shutting down all the businesses on Central, which is the main street. Yep. Because they have all this construction. There's restaurants. They're all going so out of business. Much. Shoving it down their throat. $7 million project that the mayor wants because it's going to help his legacy. Meanwhile, we're, we're supposed to have 1,000 cops. We've got 654 because we're under-budgeted. Wow. They've shut down schools. They're talking about maybe going to four days a week in the public school system. They took middle school sports out of, uh, out of uh, the public schools. The city's dying. It's dying. It's a, it's a tough spot to be in, man. It is a tough spot to be in. Wow. But yeah, but then we're going to waste money on a, on a new train because the bus that we had before wasn't you know. Is good the enough. train going to bring commerce? Oh, it's a bus. Excuse me. It's not even a train. It's bus. A, it's, it's a... Who it's, rides the bus? Nobody. Nobody. Who yeah. rides the bus that's going to come with and, a couple hundred dollars? There's to already a the bus city? line down the street right there, but they needed this specific one. Wow. You know, New Mexico has been known for that. We built the space station. Like, <laughs> for what? the hell? To like go to outer space, or is it like a? They were supposed to be this private space station thing that was you know mostly state funded, and then I don't think anything's ever left from there. So people are just fucking stealing yeah, from the stealing money purse. These government contracts, and then I always say the same thing to people too, like. Do I believe that people should be incentivized to do better, whether it be work or whatever else? A hundred percent I yeah. do. A hundred percent I do. We should not penalize people for making more money where they feel like they shouldn't work because they fall out of a certain yeah. you know, whatever income bracket. But they're not making enough to where they're like doing well. They get enough to just barely get by. So if people think that it's welfare that's making this country broke, you're wrong. Yeah. Where it is in those corrupt government contracts that, you know, with six hundred and eighty billion dollar Air Force base or how much we spend in Afghanistan or whatever else. That's the kind of crap. With testing missiles. Oh yeah, blew up like we thought it would. Yeah. You didn't know it was gonna blow up? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? How many millions of dollars was that? Yeah, ten million, forty million, hundred dollar, hundred million dollar fucking missile. So the nukes that we have, that's not enough to deter people? Like that's that's not scary enough? <laughs> <laughs> so we right. have to continue to generate new missiles and you know all this other stuff like that. Yep. I thought the nuclear deterrent was supposed to be the thing, but we continue to blow money. Yeah, and you know we have to make sure we empty it all the rounds so they can get refilled with the same amount of rounds next year. So we'll just go out in the desert and shoot all the guns off to make sure that they all got spent. I worked in politics for a little while, and I was blown away um, by the urge to spend every dollar in your budget so you can get that you know the next year. six to ten percent bump next right, year, exactly year after year after right. year. So, you know, when I hear my conservative friends whining about the, the welfare state, I, there, there are aspects that I agree, but that's yeah. not where we're going broke. No. I guarantee you that, you know, they're like, I want to see a picture of the family that I'm supporting. Yes, we should do something to incentivize those, those people to do better. hundred yeah. percent. Make it like a, an education program. Yeah. Like, you know, work trade program. Right. So we're, here's, here, we're human beings, right? We're animals. Some of us. Yeah, so we're all that fucking all right, Cretan. <laughs> so, so the the horse we put a carrot out in front of him. Yep. Is he gonna do the dog's gonna do tricks for a treat? Yep. So if you don't put something out in front of people to make them do better, they are gonna do worse. Yep. You want to see the difference between you know a minimum wage salary and go to a used car lot and watch how that guy chases you around and hustles his ass off to try to sell you a car because yep. he ain't making salary or hourly or, or you know yearly money. Yep. Now go to the DMV or the post office. Watch how your customer service is. Yeah. 
Because guess what? They're getting the same money no matter what they do, no matter how good their customer service is. Yep. So, you know. That's the fucking truth. You know, if, if you incentivize somebody to do better, generally they will. Otherwise, they'll do the bare minimum. Yeah. And the living wage concept now. I know we went from health and fitness to fucking. Yeah, you know, we're on the political spectrum now, right? It is. <laughs> uh, but the but living it, it does, wage concept it, is. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. It's bullshit. <laughs> I've, I've, you know, let's just cut cut to the chase. Yeah, everybody deserves to live, but you, what do you bring into the table? What value? This is arm's length transaction. What are you giving in return for higher level, higher wage? You giving, like you said, are you giving higher product right. where you can then I can you can be incentivized to make more money through productivity, doing a better job, you know, a higher quality job, a job with a smile and engaging, you know, community member, team member, employee, coworker, you know. What are you bringing to the table? That's off the table. It's like, no, I deserve this much money so right. I can raise my family or whatever. I can raise myself. Right. No, fuck you. Yeah. You deserve to fucking go create something, right. make something, do something. You created this family. You're responsible for taking care of your kids. 100%. It's not Uncle Sam's job. You're the one that made the decision to have that. Yep. So, you know, have some accountability. I'll tell you what. I've, I've been... So what happened in Seattle? Do what? Saw what happened in Seattle? Yeah, I did. Okay, I continue, did. sorry. So when I started this business, right, Elite OSM, so if you guys don't know, elite-osm.com, I had $700 in my bank account. So previously, I had been a vice president in a big company, didn't work for a couple years, blew through all of it. I had less than 1000 I couldn't have paid rent the next month. Wow. So guess what I did? I didn't file unemployment, I didn't cry. I went and started a damn business yeah. and made it a successful one because you know what? I have enough pride in myself that I'm not going to sit there and rely on somebody else to take care of me. Yeah. You know who's responsible for me? Me. Yep. Period. If I have a family, you know who's responsible for them? Me. Period. Yep. And I'll do whatever I got to do to make that happen. But, you know, and accountability. You see the pushback where people blame circumstance. Circumstance has nothing to do with it. Circumstance is a motivating factor. Some of the most successful people on the planet had worse circumstances than almost everybody else. Right. You know, there's some really, you know, shit stories, you know, rags to riches stories out there. So the concept of supporting the thought of people deserve to be taken care of, should be taken care of. They are entitled. They deserve. There's this deserve concept. There is no fucking deserve. They're right. earned. Are you earning it? Can you earn it? Right. You got, you're got. you fucking broke? Okay. Well, you better tighten up that fucking belt and get to work. You're in our society, right? So it's your job to contribute to our society. Yep. Now, can the government put programs in place that help people out? And should we have a social safety net? I 100% believe we should. For sure. Of course. Of course. Safety, but now define safety. Nobody net. should be starving, no matter what. Now, who's Who made the? Is it Bill Burr? Um, one of the comedians, sorry, uh, said, <laughs> like, people were talking about, like, you know, how you know, poor kids are starving. Like, no, they're not. Not in fucking the United States. Right. You seen these poor kids? Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. So they're you're talking about one in, one in five kids go to bed hungry? Yep. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? They had fucking star pops. Are they malnourished or are they just fat and hungry? Like, I mean, can somebody clarify this for me? Yep. <laughs> Look around. I don't see any starving kids. Nope. <laughs> I, I really don't. I don't see anybody with, you know, their stomachs distended and skinny bones and I, I don't, maybe I'm, maybe I'm ignorant. I don't know. I see. A I've been in a lot of rough neighborhoods. I don't ever see that. World of Eric Cartman's rolling around. Right. In I see a lot more of that. You know what I mean? And it's sad. That's a whole nother conversation where the parents, um, accountability right. on their, their child's health. And that should be something that, that should be looked into. But don't get into right. my home. 
Is it, I mean, that that's child abuse or not? I would say, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. That's like locking your fucking child in the car with the windows up and smoking a pack of fucking Newports. Yep. To me, that if you're feeding them sugary your child, cereal every morning and McDonald's every afternoon, yeah, that that's not child abuse. You're setting them up for a lifetime of health problems, bad habits, and health problems. Defined health problems, right? That we've all agreed upon, right? We've There's all plenty implemented. of literature that you know states. So we know it's for not up for debate sure anymore. This right? will cause physical harm, right? And the parents do it anyway. Right. Is that like slapping your child, you know, at like medium pace once a day in the back of the head? Right. For their entire existence? What's going to happen eventually? Right. Shit's going to get fucking knocked loose. Same thing if you're feeding your kid soda and processed sugar and, you know, high-level saturated fats, trans fats, you know, all these fake synthetic frankenfoods. Right. Shame on you. But no listeners of the Mike Dolce show do that because we all know better. We've had that conversation, (laughs) the, uh, the soda lady rant. Um it's driving to the office one day, one morning. It's like before nine o'clock in the morning. I look over and I see a fucking lady smoking a cigarette with the windows rolled up almost like, just like about an inch. Right. There's only like an inch so she could like tap out her cigarette. Drinking a soda, smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, ugh, disgusting fucking lady. And I look in the back seat and there's a fucking child in a car seat. I, this fit of fucking rage came over me. I was staring at pure child abuse. Right. Pure fucking child abuse. And then, you know, what can I do? You know, citizens arrest or, you know, right. what are you going to do? You right. know, fucking I'm the one that would get in trouble for that. Of so course. I came and ranted on it. Yeah. Ranted about it there on the show. Fucking how dare you. It's disgusting. But that's, you know, that's an extreme example. But I think most people are guilty of similar infractions. 100%. Crimes. 100%. You know, against their, their children. Yeah. Absolutely. No doubt. I mean, if that's not child abuse, I don't know what it is. Yep. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know. When there's somebody innocent involved, you know, I'm all for liberty when you're a consenting adult. Do it yourself. You yeah. know, lock yourself in the car. If you want to pay, yeah, mom. if you want to pay all that, him, please don't, but fuck. Uh, you, you shouldn't, but, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm all for those freedoms, right? Yeah. Like your rights begin when someone else, or your rights end when someone else's begin. Yeah. Your child doesn't have a choice. He doesn't, you know, understand that, you know, breathing all that in is going to cause problems later on. Yep. You know, your, your rights end when someone else's begin. Yep. That's it, period. Like, you don't get to force yourself on somebody else. You don't get to make somebody else sicker. I've even gone so far to believe, and I strongly believe, that ingesting someone's secondhand smoke is assault. Yeah, I'm with you. Right? Absolutely. 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 That's an invasion upon me and upon my rights. And that's an invasion on my health because we know definitively that has a negative impact on health. It's not up for debate. Exactly. Right. You know, it's interesting that you talk about that too, because this is a conversation I had with somebody about health insurance, which is a, by the way, it's a crime anyway, right? We're letting some company bet that we'll meet some bottom line and that we'll make the money because we won't spend over that. They can estimate what we'll be worth. I mean, what the hell fucked up? How do we let that happen? Right. That's crazy. So if you're looking at auto insurance, for example, right? Like you have to have liability in case you run your car into somebody else's, you have to pay for that. Well, I'm not really going to run my health into somebody else's health. Yeah. How does that work, right? Yeah. Like, oh, you know, I'm sick, so that they're sick too. I mean, I guess if it was like a transmissible disease or something, right? Like, yep. who was the guy that had HIV and was giving it to people, uh, celebrity? Charlie Sheen? Yeah, right. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. 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 That's allegedly. crazy, right, that story. But, like, that's a case where, like, oh, yeah, that's where your health insurance kick in to pay for other people's stuff, right? Yeah. That makes sense. That's interesting. Or somebody's breathing in your secondhand smoke. It's like, well, you know, you got to pay for that. Yeah. What about there's no uniformity with regards to service fees in the medical community, right. specifically hospitals? Specifically hospitals. I go to a fancy restaurant. I get a fucking menu. I see what the lobster costs. Right. I walk into a hospital. I, I have no idea. Why yeah. is that? Because uh, they write the laws, right? They're, and 
they write the laws and hospital to hospital. And here's what I've heard. I haven't vetted down this, but I, I believe it to be true. I've heard it from multiple sources that you're charged differently based upon your ability to pay. I've heard that too. So what kind of health care do you have? Oh, yep. I'm going to upcharge you. And, and that's go. legal for them. I can't do that. How the f- could you imagine? Right. You would, there'd be stakes burning outside your building. They yep. would burn Jackson wings down. Yep. Right. Yep. How like, oh, this person dickhead? seems a little richer. So this is going to be uh, $300 today. Yep. Now we certainly give, uh, like you, we give benefit to those that maybe can't afford it all. Right. We find other means of, of um, compensation or, or consideration. Uh, but not being, not knowing what you're getting charged. Yeah. Not, not seeing your tax returns or something else and saying, oh, okay, yeah, but that's, that's, that's crazy. I mean, that's insane. When and you really think about that, yeah. We blindly pay it. And it's, more, it's not like, you know, I'm going to buy a, a, a pair of sneakers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip more. I'm going to look at the price. Are these the, the, the $99 fucking Nikes sure. or are they the fucking $179 Nikes? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know take what it is, exactly. So, yeah, that's something we, we say at our office, too. Everybody knows our price is coming in. It is what it is. But it says results matter right there, right? So if we don't make any progress at all on somebody or if I don't think I can help them, if I need to refer them to a surgeon, which, by the way, I send five or six people for surgery every single month. Yep. So people that think I'm anti-surgery, that's not the case. I have great relationships with surgeons. I treat many surgeons. We will send somebody for surgery if they need surgery. But I'm not going to charge them for that. Yeah. I didn't deliver them any any kind of benefit. And they'll be like, no, I should pay. You know, they feel guilty about it. But I said, here's the thing. If you didn't like your, say you or me. I don't know. That sound like me. I tapped it. You tap that. Continue. You know, if uh, you know, if your steak was shitty, I would expect to send it back and not pay for it, right? Um, like if your yeah. service sucked, if like your car broke down as soon as you took it off the lot, you take it back in. Yep. Why in healthcare am I paying for things that didn't work? Yep. So I hear these pe- these patients of mine, they had surgery that fucked them up way worse than it was beforehand. Yeah. And then they're still paying thirty thousand dollars with the bills. Oh, fuck. And then you have to pay for more services after that because you're messed up. Yep. How is that right? Yep. Just stay on the fucking My door. God. Like if something, everybody knows what our price is. If it doesn't work, you're not getting charged, period. Awesome. Period. Like if we don't make a big impact on you, if you're not better than when you came in, we're not going to take your money. Yeah. Everybody listening would be funny. When you go to the doctor, the next time you go to the doctor, and I would like you to go to the doctor every three months and get your labs done, please. (laughs) But when you go to the doctor, everything that they say, say, how much is that? What? Well, how much does that cost? Like as if you're you're buying furniture at the fucking local you know fancy fancy shop. Right. Well, how much is that? How much is that set? Well, what if I don't get the fucking lamp? Then how much is it? Watch what they do, just and to see what happens. It, it, it'd be funny to see yeah, the deep medical industry. Yeah. Know, chiropractors are a little more uniform because right. You know, I see a lot of packages and whatnot. Massage therapists, same thing. Physical therapists, lots of lots of those healthcare practitioners, dietitians. It's pretty flat rate. Yep. You get an eight-week program. Yep. It costs this much money. Here's what Precision. I do. Here's yep. what you're expected to do. We check in at these days. Boom, done. Show up, personal trainers, what have you. It's this much for one time. It's this much for 10 times. This much for 20 times. Right. There you go. That's it. You want a little bit more of this or a little less of that? That's the price. Right. Medical? Yeah, never. it's crazy, man. And that's our biggest expense, though. Right. Like you said that's right. the number one reason for yeah. bankruptcy. Absolutely. You didn't even ask the, You didn't even ask how much it fucking cost. Right. No wonder you're wonder bankrupt. Why. Yeah, exactly. Duh. Hello. That's crazy. So here's something, too. Like... Two things to think about. One, like somebody you walk in, they're gonna, they say it's going to be 35 visits. How do you know? What? Yeah. Like when I treat somebody, they say, what do you think? I said, I don't know. We haven't tried anything yet. Yeah. But we'll see how you respond to this. If there's a 50 to 60% reduction in pain, that means we're probably going to be able to get you fixed in like three sessions or so. Wow. If, if it's a 90%, we're probably looking at one or two. If it's 20%, frankly, that's probably not enough change to where I feel comfortable that we're going to fix this in the long term. Wow. If it changes 10%, I, I, I've seen this enough times. 
doing the same therapy, this isn't going to make a long-term change without you having to come a billion times. And gotcha. So, so we need to refer out at that point. So I don't know until we get done. Based on the results, the changes that happen, yep. then we can dictate some sort of a treatment plan. But it's not before. <laughs> this sounds eerily like the scientific method. Right. <laughs> it's oh crazy. my goodness. What do you, this voodoo you practice? Yeah. If, that, if X, then Y. And it's like, like I talked about. Like if I push on a muscle and that takes away your pain, then what we're going to do is teach you how to do that on your own. That way you don't have to spend your time or your money to come in here. Like, nothing I'm doing is magical. Yep. I'm just giving you your formula for your body. So back to the doctor thing. One thing that I encourage my patients to do is to, to tell their doctors they're firing them. There's such a disconnect. Ooh, nice. Disconnect between the financial monetary part of it. The doctors don't want to discuss finances ever, and they hide behind their front desk. You yep. try to call an office and talk to a doctor, you ain't going to get to them. So yep. they never get to hear the complaints. They're hiding in the back. So if you're having a problem with a doctor, tell them to their face, I am firing you. Yep. Because most of the time, they never know when their patients leave. The demand is so high for this yeah. that they don't have to have good customer service, right? If you're a restaurant, there's plenty of other restaurants. There's never this you know, influx. So you have to have good customer service. You have to have manners. Doctors always have an influence of patient, an influx of patients. So as a result of that, there's no incentive for them to you know, be nice yeah. or caring or anything like that. So it's, I think it's important. I don't think they get that feedback enough that they're not doing a good job. Because they never hear it. They just assume that they're just God's gift. Yeah. So, I mean, I fire my doctors if I have a problem. I yeah. tell them to their face. I said, listen, this isn't working. I'm going to fire you. As you should any of your consultants. Right. Right. Which is exactly what they are. That's what it and is. And I tell my patients the same thing. Like, you know, let me know. Yeah. You're, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I promise. I want what's best for you. You need the feedback. Absolutely. Let me. Otherwise, you, I don't know if I'm screwing up, man. Yep. If you don't tell me, if you don't give me feedback, how can I do a good job? Right. How can you expect me to do a good job if you don't give the feedback, please? Right. You don't have to, you don't have to be an asshole about it. Right. But at the same time, be very clear, be direct, and be immediate. Yep. Don't absolutely. let it wait a session or two or a week or a month or so. That's bullshit. We, we deal with that here also. People get on a meal plan. Tell us. We want to know immediately. Yep. I want to know within the first two days how things are going. Right. And if I don't hear that, if I don't get that phone call, right. either the program sucks or... Or you suck. Right. Because you're not following it. Right. One of the two, right? Yeah. Because there's a predictable outcome. And I, I truly believe that the vast majority of physicians and doctors out there want what's best for their patients. There's bad apples, of course. Of course. Of course. But they can't give you the right help if you're not giving them that feedback. So the onus goes on you, too. If you're not going to be honest with your doctor, they're not going to help you. Because they're treating something that isn't isn't there. Yeah. You know, and, and some may be offended. Some may not. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. But, I, you know, when I, I have an issue with the healthcare provider, I tell them, I'm, I've said, listen, this isn't working. And I tell my patients this too. I work for you. Yeah. Stop, stop thanking me. Yeah. You're paying money for a service here. Stop thanking me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Like the fact that this is what's going on shows you what's you're wrong with the shaman. healthcare problem. Like, my God, like you're paying for a service. You don't have to kiss my butt and thank me, please. Do you thank your, oh, I do thank This is an exchange of service. Yeah. Yeah. I work for you. You are my boss for the next 30 minutes. We call it the Microsoft model. It's easy for people to understand. I say, you're Bill Gates. I work for you. I'm just the best goddamn software builder on the planet. There you go. That's the relationship. And we work unilaterally with the best goddamn, you know, uh, um, mobile device builder, the best PC or the best mouse uh, laptop or, you know, uh, uh, keypad, mouse right. builder. We all have to work together. Experts at what we do, but yep. we have to work together for you to give you your product. Right. That's our job. Right. So then what we do is this is based upon my experience. This is what I think is the correct solution for the problem you've, you've tasked me and or us with. If it works, it's right. What do you think, boss? Right. <laughs> you know? If it works, then we know that that works. If yep. it doesn't, let's recheck the situation. Yep. That, that's something, something method. It's something. It's yeah. something how that, that pops up. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so... Uh, 
most people don't practice the scientific method. They don't understand it. Which is nuts. And that's the, the whole concept of be just being open-minded. Right. And, and being willing to change your perspective on something when presented with different information. Yeah. And being okay with being wrong. You're a human being. You are going <laughs> to be wrong sometimes. My God. You can't be good at what you do unless you're yep. often wrong. Yep. Because then Absolutely. And you accepting don't learn. it. You don't learn. You don't sure. learn. And that goes back to what we were talking about, about working hard. If you didn't go through the struggles to build your company or to build anything else, like you never learned what it was like to make a mistake and then correct it. So you don't, you don't have that moral character, not moral character, uh, uh, character inside of you. So like Bill Gates, for example, you yeah. just said that if you took everything away from him, Microsoft, everything, and just left him with zero dollars, yeah. you don't think he could build it again? He's already done it. In a second. In a second. I could build my practice again. In a second. Take yeah. it all away from me. You know, I've got an abundance mentality because I've been through the struggles. I've been through the wars. Yep. I've, I've built up that character. And that's the thing that these people are lacking. If you don't go through it, if you're not scrubbing boats, if you're not working menial jobs, doctors will come to me and ask me, what should I do during school? And I tell them they should get a job in the service industry to learn how to serve people. Yeah. They should be a waiter. They should, you know, work in some sort of service industry. Yep. So you understand what it's like to serve people because that's what you're doing as a doctor, as a physician, as anything else. You are a servant. Yeah. You're not God. Absolutely. And that's being a... Take the stupid white coat off. Like, stop, you know, put yourself below the patient on the table. Yep. Serve. That's the, the whole point of it. When I handshake my patients, my hand is on the bottom. I'm not here to dominate you. Aha. Uh-huh. I'm here to listen to you. Is that intentional? You intentionally... I intentionally do that. go low? Yep. I move the table up to where they're looking down at me, to where okay. I'm below them. Huh. I sit down in front of them. Okay. So they feel more comfortable with it. Interesting. I don't wear a white coat for the same reason. I want them to feel you like... You were wearing a tank top to show off them guns. You know, sun's out, guns out. That's right. Cut the <laughs> sleeves off of that laptop. Yeah, we wear uh, T-shirts on Fridays. Okay. Yeah, you know. Fair enough. Is you it know. typical traditional polos? Switch it up. No, just uh, fight, fight T-shirts on Fridays. Uh, fight T-shirt Friday? What about regular week, normal week? Uh, scrubs. Okay. There Scrub tops. Okay. Easy to clean. Yep. You know, with my people rolling around on foam rollers and stuff, our, our dry cleaning bill would be through the roof. Sure. It's a good point. Yeah. So there's regular old scrubs, lotion, and, you know, yep. all that kind of stuff. Pajamas. Pajamas. Cozy. What kind of shoes you wear? Like, you doing the Crocs thing or? No, 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 no. Okay. No. CrossFit shoes, a lot of them. Okay. Cross trainers. Just whatever matches the clothes. You know what I'm saying? Have you seen a high number of CrossFit trainees coming through your practice? Tons. 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 How would they relate to any other group, whether MMA or basketball or uh, let's probably, say? Probably the higher incidence of injuries. And so the, the discussion always goes like this. So when I'm talking about a muscle group or whatever else, the problem I have with CrossFit is reps to failure. Yeah. Reps to failure, people. And, and past. Duh. Past failure. Right. Shit form. Go. Right. So if, if here's something that tricks people out. So the prime mover of your, of your shoulder is your deltoid. Yeah. Period. When I do external rotation... I'm strengthening the deltoid. Yes, there's some engagement of the infraspinatus and teres minor. I'm really using the deltoid. The rotator cuff's job is to hold that humerus into the socket and give stability. It's a stabilizer. They're tiny little fine muscles. They're nothing like people think they are. So if I'm doing one-arm overhead snatches for 60 reps and I fatigue my deltoid. The fuck? It's crazy. Yeah. Then my rotator cuff, once my deltoid fails on me, now my rotator cuff and labrum are having to control the motion, which they're not designed to do. They will fail. They will tear. If I'm doing 120 deadlifts in a row and my erectors give out and fail, now all the pressure's on my discs and my ligaments. What about the bounce? Bouncing deadlifts. Ugh. Just boom, 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 trying to get that maximum yeah, bounce guys, to get that the, the, bar moving. Yeah, any kind of bouncing for that, guys. Like, I see these people doing pistol squats, too, just bouncing down on their hip. You are going to wear out your labrum Fuck. and have hip replacement. Control the motion. 
your muscles control you. If you bounce, what that means is your muscle's not engaged anymore. Yeah. So you've now put the pressure on your ligaments or your joints, which aren't designed to handle that. Yeah. It's like the ligaments in your knee. People don't really realize this. Like your quads, your calves, your hamstring create a cage for your knee. So like some people don't have PCLs or ACLs and they're fine. Yeah. Like Holly Holm, for example, doesn't have a PCL. Okay. She can shift her shin back and forth and it's her kick leg too. She never has a problem with it. Her quads and hamstrings are so strong, there's no problem. For sure. The only problem, the only time the ligament engages is when you don't have muscle tone, when you're not expecting something. So if a dog like ran into the back of your leg, okay, that's when the ligament protects the joint. Gotcha. So if your muscles are properly engaged, your joints and your ligaments are protected, which is why we control motion when we're doing exercises and not bouncing on things or you know getting sloppy and throwing things all over the place. Interesting. Unless you want to come spend 80 bucks a pop to come see me, I'll patch you together. I'll see you the next time. Yeah. Because you will get hurt again. Oh, and there's a business model to that too, isn't there? Oh, it is what it is, man. I know, and you know, it's our job to inform them of the risks of it. Yeah. And, you know, if you're, people are going to do what they're going to do, right? Like, yeah. even at our best, we're still injury prone. I yeah, mean, I'm stubborn too. You know, like, there's some things I'm just not going to stop doing, and, and some of the, some of it is necessary, right? Yeah. Like, I'm leaning over a table all day. That's how I make a living. It is yeah. what it is. You know, if I was trying to give myself advice, I would say modify that or do something else. But you know, <laughs> stop leaning over the table, yeah, Doc. But I can't. Of course, that's how I make a living. And that's fine as long as I can undo that. So like, you know, food gives us cavities, right? Yeah. If you don't brush your teeth, what happens? You, you wear out your enamel, yada, yada, yada. Yep. So that's fine as long as we take care of the dental hygiene to take care of that. Yep. But you have to eat. Yeah. So, that's you know, a, you have to exercise, right? Like, so when we're tearing our muscles down, that's great. Yep. But if we're not doing the work on the other end with the foam roll, the lacrosse ball, that other stuff, the self-myofascial work, we're going to get cavities, a.k.a. muscle injuries. Yep. So if you view it in that sense, muscle hygiene where you roll out once or twice a day for five minutes and, again, be efficient. Yep. We have other fires to put out. We can't spend 30 minutes rolling out. That doesn't make any sense. No, God You wouldn't brush your teeth for 30 minutes. Some people use rolling out as the workout itself. Yeah. And that's just wrong. That's silly. That's yep. silly. It has its place, but, again, more is not better. Better is better. Yeah. If you brush your teeth for 30 minutes, your gums will be bleeding. You'll wear back your enamel. Yeah. It's the exact same concept. Be efficient. Have a good provider help you figure out what you need to work on including foam rolling your IT band, by the way, which works really well. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, McGregor Mayweather, in in brief. Everybody asking that question, right? Um, I mean, we can in brief, he says. I mean, probably Mayweather, cheering for Connor, you know. The interesting thing, and everybody always makes this argument, do you remember when uh, Ray Mercer fought Tim Sylvia? Yeah. Knocked him out first round? Yeah. I, I posed the question the other day. I said... Actually, I think that that Mayweather would have a better chance of winning in an MMA fight than Conor has of winning in a boxing match, and everybody lost their mind. But I said, think about this. You know, if he has six months to work on a little bit of takedown defense, you don't think he can catch him with a counter with small gloves and it might knock him out? Hmm. Interesting. Because really, McGregor's chances of winning this fight are, are what? Based on common knowledge, everybody, right? Very low. Right. Low percentage. He's got big gloves on. Yeah. And that's that's the trick about this. It's not necessarily the weight. It's the size of the glove. Yeah. To where those shots don't land flush because they're bouncing off the glove. I wonder if they negotiated glove size, glove weight. I wonder if Floyd negotiated for higher weight. They're 10 ounce, right? Are they 10 ounce? Yeah. Not sure exactly. They're usually yeah. 12, so they're a little smaller. Okay. A little smaller. It's going to be... But those four ounce gloves, it's not just the, the size of them, but it's the fact that it can sneak through spots where... Those are, they're pinpoint accurate. Right. Where a boxing glove, it'll bounce off and then, you know, go somewhere else. So, yep. you know, you get some of these these boxers at four ounce gloves and they can sneak shots in that they can't in boxing. How, and and more they know how to punch. Pounds per square inch of force. Right. And that little fucking ball peen hammer, you know? Right. Swung your fucking... 
So, you know, would either be a favorite or have a high likelihood of winning that fight? No. Yeah. But, you know, just everybody's losing their mind about, you know, McGregor fighting in that one. I said, well, you know, like. I'd love to see him do one and one. That'd be awesome, right? You'll never see it, of course. We'll but never see it. Never see it. That would be awesome. And, you know, you know frankly, Connor, uh, he can usually prove us wrong over and over and over again, right? How do you, and you don't bet against a guy <laughs> like point. McGregor, what he's done, which is fucking awesome. He doesn't get the respect he nah, deserves man. athletically. Right. He's called, he's done Babe Ruth. He's yeah. called his fucking shots. Yep. Every single time. Every single time. Yep. And beat, nobody thought he would beat Mendez. Right. Nobody thought, nobody thought he'd beat Poirier. No. Nobody thought he'd beat Mendez. Nobody thought he'd beat fucking Aldo. No. There's no way in hell he's beating Eddie Alvarez. Right. And the Nate Diaz fights were fucking good fights. Right. And that could be the, 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 the Hearns to the Hagler. You know, that, that, those are great fights, man. Right? Yeah. So, and that's, you want to see those. Those are both great fighters. Right. There's no win lose no, 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 no. in yeah. that shit. So, at this point, you know, you're talking about a 40 year old Bayweather. I mean, I, I don't know. And, and with boxing, boxing is a unique animal. It was like this fight this last weekend. Yeah. You know, and, and then, yeah. Man, Teddy Atlas. Whoa. Teddy Atlas, he's just, uh, he's turning into Larry Merchant. Well, exactly. Right? Whoa. And I wonder if that's part of the shit. I watched the fight in the Australian network and it was like, is this the same fight? Because I was watching it and I'm like, Teddy Atlas, are we watching the same fight at oh, all? Wow. What in the world? Because I mean, I, I watched it multi- I watched it several times just because yeah. I like to see the controversial stuff like that, right? Yep. And I can't find seven rounds to get Pacquiao. Yeah. I can't find seven definitive rounds that he won. So. I got him for three definitive ones, three, eight, nine. Okay. Maybe a couple more. You might give him two. You might give him 10. And what was it? Where are we going to find seven rounds to get to Pacquiao for everybody to be screaming robbery? Yeah. And that goes back to the uh, the bias, right? Because the person commentating the whole time convinced you hmm. that that's what it was. Yeah. So what Eddie or Teddy was doing, I would put on my conspiracy hat again and say, Eddie or Teddy. Eddie. Works for ESPN. He works for ESPN, and he's already selling the fucking rematch. Yep. The controversial fucking rematch. Yep. He's already fucking selling yeah, absolutely. it. Absolutely. Money, money, money. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Yep. And not only that, but his guy was who? Bradley, right? Yeah. So he can't have Jeff Horn beat the guy that beat your guy. Absolutely. The substitute teacher. Absolutely. You don't think there's any inherent bias there at all? That's awesome. I mean, that, that's crazy talk. Like, you know, the, you're supposed to be calling the fight. Yeah. Call it. Yeah, call the fight. Call it straightforward. It's like fucking news. Fake. They're all fake news. It's all fake news. It's all news, fake man. news, man. Yeah, what the fuck? All Just say what news. you see. I right. don't want to. He- I have my own fucking bias. I mean, I freaking slowed it down. And it's funny people keep talking about this copy box, copy box, copy box. Do you people know what copy box is? It's two guys sitting there with buttons, <laughs> ringside, <laughs> live, hitting the buttons. Who are also biased. Right. And imperfect humans. They can't see anything. Could have just fought with their old lady. Well, copy box sounds like computer, so that must be accurate. Yeah. Right? Like, it's crazy talk. Like, you're sitting there watching in slow-mo, and like, how did you get these numbers? You always got that guy in the boxing gym with the fucking hand counter. Right. Just following the box around, click, click, click. You see that Floyd's camps a lot. Yep. yep. That's not even close to being fucking accurate no. down to the punch. No, no. Yeah. And with punches too in boxing, you can't tell if it hit the hand, if it hit the body. Yep. And just because something bounced off of the glove and hit the head, is that blocked? Because that did damage. Yeah. That's cumulative damage. Yeah. You know? Interesting. So yeah, I mean, I, I watched the fight. I, I scored it 115, 113 horn. Okay. Um, and that seems fair from what I've seen. I, I haven't seen I, the whole fight. You know, if you said 115, 113 Pacquiao, I wouldn't lose my mind over yeah. it, right? But... But to say it's a robbery, I don't know what people are watching. And, yeah. and the only thing I can think is that, first, nobody knew the fight was happening. Yep. They didn't promote it at all. Everybody found out that day. Second of all, you had a biased commentary during the, the yeah. you know, it's, it's just like everybody believing this stuff during the election. 
Like nobody believed that homeboy had a chance, you know, CNN all these, and they continue to do it to this day. They're calling all these elections, these special elections. Yeah. And then what happens? And the people vote and they're like, Oh, well it was raining. So yeah, <laughs> apparently rain discriminates by DNR. And it, it just shows how biased the commentary is and the, the political bias. Right. They're just the bias in general. So everything you see on TV, everything you read, there's bias behind it intended to make you think the way that the person who's producing it is right. putting it out. And, you know, it's it's supposed to be entertainment, right? So, like, if you're truly a fight fan and you're, you're concerned about the objectiveness of it, turn the sound off. Yeah. It's very simple. Or at least rewatch it without the sound off. You turn know, it's... Some, like, yeah, turn the sound off, turn on some Metallica... So if you just watch, yeah, if you're actually concerned about the, the, you know, the sanctity of the sport, which everybody keeps talking about, shut up. Otherwise, you're just here for entertainment. Each other in the fucking skull, right? <laughs> Let's be real, people. <clears throat> oh man, this stuff drives me nuts. It was like, like the what was the the choke out? Uh, Michael uh, Michael Chiso was it with Kevin Lee? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's like, no, he needed to go to sleep. He needed to go to sleep. Like, die. What is wrong with you people? Yeah. Like he he was not getting out of that. He switched yeah. to a gable grip. The forearm went across the throat. Yeah. It turned from a blood choke to an air choke, which yeah. can be more dangerous. By the way, being put to sleep, everybody acts like it's this innocuous thing. Yeah. There's many documented cases of stroke after being put to sleep. So what's you don't need it? Come it's on, over. It's, it's it's. Why do you want him to go to sleep? Sports entertainment. He's people. defenseless. It's deep. He's yep. not getting out. His arms went numb for a half second. To me, that was the perfect stoppage. Yeah. We saw him go for a second, but he didn't go completely out. Yep. Great. Perfect. Yep. We don't need to see people get put out to sleep. Yep. I agree 100%. My God. Except in the case, and I would say, a world title fight. In mm. a world title fight, that's what... Definitive. Definitive. It has to be definitive at that level. The gold is on the line, and that's what they've signed up for. Gotcha. And I think that's the one spot you let them go out on their shield so they can walk away and say, yeah, he fucking got, he got me. me. I yeah. tapped out. Right. Not walking around. And I think that can take people back in to combat again. Right. Where maybe they should have left. They should right. have left at the top or after the loss and kind of walked away. But they had that thought in the back of their mind. Yeah, that's that's a tricky one for sure. And and here's the thing. Like every fighter I talked to said it was an early stoppage. Because of course they're fighters. They want every chance possible. There's machismo, uh, machismo in that too. Absolutely. But every judge and every referee. And I've been a doctor for the UFC before. I, yep. I worked the event in Albuquerque. I've worked for Legacy. I've done boxing as a, as a ringside doctor. Yep. Um, every judge and every referee and every doctor I talked to felt like it was a great stoppage. Because yeah. our concern isn't necessarily the sport as much. It's for safety. Safety of the fighter. Come back again and fight. Please. You know, no, three, four months from now. I actually Please. give it six months, Mikey. Right. You know, I, I like to take a little more time off after things like that. Right. Um, but come back and fight again. Please. You're not dropping in the rankings. Please. You know, he got you. You know, gotcha. and it's a numbers game. We let this happen for long enough. There will be something that goes wrong. Yeah. So let's let's try to keep it as safe as we possibly can. Yep. You can't you can't cover everything, but it's like it's the same thing. It's like, do you want someone to be KO'd every time, or is a TKO enough? Yeah. You guys want to see them go completely out? No. No. Why? Not for what they're fucking making That's either. Not, no. <laughs> you know what's what? And I don't know what he's what's Chiesa making? Fifty grand maybe, maybe to show maybe. up? Eighty grand? I highly doubt. Let's even right. say it's eighty, dude. It's not fucking worth eighty grand. People. What does a garbage man in New York make? One hundred ten thousand a year? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Come on, man. He passes out sometimes too, but a different story. For different stuff. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, <clears throat> excuse me. It, it's it's interesting to see, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to see that. I don't need to see that. There was definitive superiority there. Yep. He got caught. Yep. Yeah, game over. Move if, on. If they both want a rematch, do it. But you know, we don't. I don't need to see somebody get put to sleep. I'd like to see a rematch three fights from now. 
If they, they have history, they got bad blood. Sure. And they both can beat the next three guys ahead of them to all tough fights. Sure. But they're in the mix. No they doubt. can circle back in the top five. And then, you know what? Again, from a medical perspective, like I said, sometimes there's there's fights that it's like, you know, the NYSAC. Like, the doctors just want to be in the cage, apparently, in New York. Every single fight, there's like four doctors in there. And they I'm don't on know what TV, bitches! Sorry. This, this uh, Mike Chandler one? That yeah. was a terrible stoppage. Yeah, what about the stool? Did you watch? Yes. Fucking poor 100%. Kid. Poor dude. And then the rep turns around and then calls off the fight. So yeah. I don't have the audio. I haven't listened to it. Dude, we put the same video out. Right. We saw the same thing and had the same exact opinion on it. Okay. You that saw that too? I saw that too. Put yeah. out our, we put it on YouTube and it got fucking copyright infringement. Ah. So Viacom or whoever fucking right. blasted us. Um, we are disputing it though, by the way. There you go. But we, I saw the same thing. So continue. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, so here's the thing. He got kicked in the lower leg. What happened there? There's a nerve there called the peroneal nerve. It turns that muscle off. So that yeah. muscle's involved in everting the foot or keeping it there. Yeah. So yeah, he probably sprained his ankle, but you could tell it wasn't broken. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting there watching and I've worked with these guys and he was defending himself. He caught dude with counter punch. Just, you could say he was he won that last exchange. You he know, fucking for dropped sure. him. Dropped, dropped him, chased him. him down. Yep. Yeah, but you're going to stop a world title fight on something like that and then come to find out, like I knew it was going to be, no broken bones, no yep. permanent damage. Fight through it. Are you kidding me? And So let's so say... So we're going to stop that fight, yep. but then we're saying that the Chisa fight was, was stopped too soon. Yep. What the hell is wrong with everybody? Yep. This dude was stuck. He wasn't going anywhere. This other guy's fighting back and landing shots. Yep. Give him give him a couple minutes between the rounds. See if that nerve comes back on and go. See what happens. Let give the fucking other dude the ability to get a world title shot too, right? Finish him, world title fight. Chandler's the reigning champ. Yep. You can't take it away from him like God. that. And he's not complaining. He's fucking fi- he's fighting. Yeah, he was he's trying. Engaged. He's jumping up and down on his feet and not looking at the ref, not pointing at his ankle like other right. if that happened. I'm fine, right, I'm stop. fine, I'm You're fine. Yep. You know? He's fucking in there. He didn't want to stop it. He didn't call timeout, you know what I mean? And and, and they've just been <sighs> Had New that, York. Yeah, New York. The weight thing, uh, with Love DC on the, the towel. Hey awesome. man, if you're gonna get away with it, but that's on the commission, right? Can't be, yeah. That's on the commission. Same thing happened with you know Holly Holm and the late punches. That was New York. The yep. ref was too far away. Yep. And then we had the Rashad Evans thing where they pulled him off, and we still don't even know what it was, but every other commission licensed him. Huh. So then our guy, Tim Kennedy, had yeah. to take another fight, and three weeks later... I remember that. You know, and that wasn't the fight he'd been training for. And No, but he was too deep. I felt Tim was... He looked deep into the overreaching syndrome. Yeah. He, he was he trained because Tim trains fucking hard. hard. He's out there and on it. I know some of the people that he, was he's working with. He's working with you guys, right? Yeah. He's beat the fuck. He needed to probably and he probably needed to just deload. Right. Once the Rashad fight fell off, just do an extreme, do a fucking two three week deload and just stay right. sharp. Enter right. healthy, right? Manager weight, enter healthy. Yeah. Camp's done. But you know, yeah, there was no reason to call that fight off. Obviously, because no. Rashad's fought you know twice or once since then, and nobody's said a word about it. And he even said he was like something I've had since childhood. There's no problem with this. Said, oh no, you can't fight here. Yeah. Yeah, just New York, and that's they're a fight city allegedly, right? They used to be. Now they're fucking. They don't know what the hell they're doing. They have no idea what they're doing. And there's been several doctor stoppages that I've been watching over there. Like, I cannot believe they're stopping this right now. Yeah. And all four of them go stomping into the cage. And it's funny. Some of these commissions, right? They don't want the corners wear shoes in there. Yeah. But the commissioners and the refs and the oh. doctors are stomping in there with filthy feet. Yep. You know, it's like I was talking about the amount of bacteria on people's shoes. Yeah. These guys have open cuts and they're rolling around on the floor in here, and you guys are just stomping in dirt. And, and I'm like, how, much, how often are they cleaning these these mats between yeah. rounds? Never. They don't, right? They Never. Don't. They don't. The UFC might. I think the UFC does it between parts of the show. I think so, too. You know, when they go dark for camera. Right, right, bit. right. And they start playing the, the music. Yeah, yeah. But like, how how expensive could it possibly be to clean that down or how quick? You could just you know? spray it down. My God, yeah. Right? 
Yeah, just in between fights, there's more than enough time. And I don't know. I don't know what the occurrence of, of of you know MRSA or anything like that is. I have no idea. But you know, it sure doesn't look sanitary to me watching that stuff go on. What about the poop? Right. Last yeah, fight, that's the right. Two young ladies. That's right. You know, someone's fucking fecal matters all over the campus. Right. Somebody's got open cuts and they're rolling around in that. My yep. God. Oh my goodness. I never thought of that, but that's yeah. That's a that's a very good point. And I'm sure I would guarantee, I guarantee you that there's fecal matter in every octagon by the end of the night. Right. Something's guaranteed. fucking creeping up. Guaranteed, right? Guaranteed. <sighs> yeah, I was a biology major. We would take samples on everything. And oh, God. You're a germaphobe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, don't do this. Don't do this, <laughs> man. see my bad, my whole body. I just, like, I got to wash it's my hands. It's on everything. <laughs> it's on everything. Yeah, so mine is just a false sense of security. I, tra- I carry all the antibacterials, the sprays, <laughs> the wipes, airplanes fucking. I got my whole routine on an hey, airplane, man. you know. Hey, man. Latex gloves. I do the whole fucking thing. Here's my thing. If you're on an airplane with a sleeveless shirt on or bare feet, yep. you're an awful human being. Yeah. If you're coughing and you didn't bring a mask, you're an awful, awful human, human being. being. You're trapping everybody else in this little metal tube so they can smell you yep. and then have to deal with your cough that's going and getting circulated back through here. I hate you. I hate you, too. I, we were coming <laughs> back from... Some other, maybe Australia, I forget. Smelling some other feet. Disgu- and you take your shoes off next right. to me? Ugh. You dirty motherfucker. Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, man. Like, I dress for the plane to be respectful. Right. You know? Right. I got my, like, dry fit kind of fucking outfit on. Everything's, yep. you know, proper. My, my sprays. my <laughs> sprays. You know, I'm, I'm covered. I'll clean, up, I'll clean off your arm. Clean everything, yeah. Everybody's shit's getting cleaned around me. <laughs> I get on this fucking plane, and there's this, you're sitting here. I'm always looking for the germs. So I said, I'm just looking at the people. I'm like, all right, don't say that. Oh, no, she's coughing. All right, where is she going to sit? She's going to sit behind me on the plane. All right, at least it's not going to be in front of me, like, flying back, you know, right. like, all these thoughts. And uh, this two girls come, and they sit next to me. It's on, I'm in the middle, so it's like these inner, you know, continental fucking planes. So it's like the four seats in the middle and the three on each side. Yeah. And I'm on the aisle seat, left aisle seat of the four in the middle, and these two girls sit in the two middle. And the girl next to me is, she looked like she just got out of the fucking nightclub. All right, just all kind of like haggard looking, not Ugh. unattractive, but right. she did not look her best. Right. Now, just all fucking, and she's like, oh, hey, and yeah, it seemed nice enough. All right, these two girls, maybe they're just tired, who knows, whatever, catching a flight. <clears throat> Starts coughing and does the whole, like, I'm just going to lean towards my elbow and I'm going to like cough four inches away from my elbow. Right, and spray it everywhere. As if this is doing anything to muffle the fucking germs that are exploding. And I looked at her, I'm like, Fuck. Can I go sit somewhere else, please? And maybe and it's a stuck. one-time occurrence. And no, like three minutes later happens again. Fuck, this is going to be happening all right. flight. And the proper way to do it is you have your pillow or your jacket. If you don't have a, a mask, you completely muffle your face into your pillow or your jacket, bending low, coughing uh, into that, keeping it muffled and, 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 you know, tapped down into your lap or so in between your legs. Right. I, if, if that was that person, I would appreciate that. Thank you. you. Okay, you cough. I get it. This fucking girl is just disgusting, like all flamboyant about it even. <laughs> and I had to go and find the fortunately, I think fortunately, the homosexual flight attendant um, who was very helpful <laughs> to reseating me on a plane that really only had one extra seat. And I, well, I don't want to say it's because he was a homosexual, but he was very happily... <laughs> you know, assisting me in such manner <laughs> that, that I would bring that into this story. Um, and he's like, oh, sorry, like, you know, we can't really change seats. There is a seat over here. And I said, that lady back there is just coughing nonstop. So I'm flying home to a newborn baby. I said, I don't want to risk anything. And he looked and, he, and she literally, she coughed at that moment. He's like, oh, 
<laughs> it was so awesome. He's because he, he went from being like have this professional decorum to like oh, and then it's like yeah, we got to get you out of there, and like right. just kind of ran around the plane and talked to the other ladies. So then I had to go back and get my bag, and because I think there was like a little hubbub happening, right? And uh, so I go back to get my bag, and I'm grabbing my bag, and she looks at me, gives a mean look, and I'm just like, oh my my leg hurts. I got to move to a different seat. And she knew I was lying, and I probably should have told her the truth, but I, I didn't because I didn't want to start a war yeah, on a up fl- in the air. I just wanted to go to sleep, you know yeah. what I mean? This fucking asshole. I was like, oh, my leg, I got a bad knee. I can't sit like that. Right. And uh, she just like looked at me, and I left. I didn't get sick on that flight, though. Yeah, that's better than me. I probably would have said something. Yeah, I, I should. And afterwards, it's funny. I'm like, the older I, I get, something. the more I just like get confrontational with stuff like that. I'm like, people need to know. People need to know. I should have told her. You know, this this, this over the top PC society. It's like, no, 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 no. No, you don't know. No, you're being an asshole. Yeah, your mom should have fucking told you right. that. You Somebody know? raised you wrong. There you go. So now it's my job now <laughs> to tell at least. Because so again, could, you're again the rights thing, right? It's like now you're making me sick. Yeah. So your your rights have crossed that barrier on me. Absolutely. So I'm gonna let you know. There's a juice shop not far from here. I go to quite often, and I pull in, and this is going over the course of like two weeks or so. And the place next door to them, nice little plaza, is getting renovated. It's been vacant for a while. It's getting renovated. So there's there starts to be construction trucks, and then like it's getting cleaned out. The doors are open, and then over the course of like two weeks or so, there's more and more construction trucks. Now, when you or at this point, when you pull up, there's like three construction trucks right in the retail spaces, right outside of this cute little juice shop that's like all like yoga moms and super organic and higher price point, and right. there's like a um, a craft store like right next to arts and crafts, like high end little stuff. You're gonna build a boat with your kid or something, or you know whatever your deal is. And there's these fucking dudes, these construction fucking dude, red face, cigarette smoking fucking dudes, just out there. And I go inside, I get my juice, I'm like. Like at the park, like on the other side of the lot, because they're all fucking, they're doing construction work in the, the, the parking spots. Right. And there's material on the ground. How, you know, what the fuck are they doing? Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, the guy next door and his, he's rebuilding there. He's, you know, fitting it up for his daughter. And we don't want to say anything, you know, like have a good relationship. So is this telling people that they're fucking stupid? Right. Walk out there. And I think the guy who, who leads the crew is out there and he's literally right next to my, my truck. And I said, oh, you're doing construction work. He's like, yeah, you know, getting the place ready next door. I said, well, don't you think you should keep your mess in front of the place next door and not the rest of the shops? And he's like, would you mind your business? I said, well, God, it is my business. I'm here. I couldn't park in front of the the juice shop. I said, and he's like, you know, just kind of gave me a face. I said, do you have a wife or a daughter? And he like stopped. He's like, yeah. I said, well, I do too. And I wouldn't be comfortable with my wife or my daughter pulling up here and a bunch of construction dudes and there's fucking steel on the ground and hammers going outside of a juice shop. Like there's a whole parking lot on the side. Don't you think you and your, your, your men should kind of move out of the way and be a little more respectful to the clientele, right. and, you know? And he just kind of like stopped and stared at me for a minute, probably calling me a fucking asshole and whatnot. I don't, I don't know. And I just, I was like, Hey, I just thought you'd want to know. Right. And I just got in my car and drove away. They haven't been back. They, they're on the other side of the building now. So he took it. He was kind of an asshole at first, and maybe I was kind of an asshole. Right. But I was trying to be respectful. I was pissed, but I was trying to be respectful once I saw he was getting a little pissed. Right. De-escalate the situation. Right, right. Say, hey, man, I don't want my wife rolling up here. I'd be fucking annoyed. Yep. I, I, you know, getting out of the car, there's hammers and shit going, and two fucking fat guys, you know, going to be creeping up, whatever. Right. Creepy crawly, staring, fucking inappropriate, whatever. Cat calling and such. Yeah. Or that's yeah. the feeling. And they might be great people. Right. But that's the, it's, it's intimidating. Right. It's a place of retail. Right. And it's, an, it's more posh. 
You know what I mean? It's not like it's the fucking strip club. Right. You know, or the gym even. Whatever, dude. You know? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I hear you, man. Tell people how it is. All right. Let them know. Let them know. So, doctor, where can everybody find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter, Instagram. The handle's dr. Period b e a u h i g h t o w r. So Doctor Bo Hightower. Bo. Bo. Like the French version. There you go. There you go. There you go. We post a bunch of little exercise videos, so you guys can help fix yourselves. We talk about different types of injuries, some gross stuff too, um, and just basically physiology. So there's some really cool stuff on there, so you can check it out. Also, elite-osm.com, or you can go to the Jackson Wink page as well. That's where all of our appointments are booked. So we do have people flying in from all over the country to get fixed up, and uh, yeah, we can probably fix. Up to actually, can we say the name of the gentleman who uh, contacted you guys earlier? The uh, the, the powerlifting name is that appropriate to say? Ooh, let's. I don't want to. I don't think so yet. Okay, let's not. Let's not. Okay, <laughs> let's get his approval. But some of the, the the top names in in health, in fitness, and sport actually do fly out to work with Doctor Hightower and yep. his team. And I've know I've worked with athletes, Carlos Kinda being one who works with you and mm-hmm. couldn't say better things about you to the point that he brings you out to Las Vegas to keep him healthy. You're here with Alistair Overeem right now, the number one contender fight yep. UFC heavyweight division. You're here with him right now. I mean, you have a stable Cowboy Cerrone. You're working with. You, you can see that Holly Holm. You had just said you're 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 stable. You know. Really speaks for itself, and yeah. they're not going to keep you around if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Results, or if they're not results, results matter, right? Results matter. It's results the only thing matter. that matters. It's the only thing that matters. Exactly. All right. Well, Doctor, I really appreciate you being here. Yep. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Enjoyed it. Absolutely. And we're looking forward to having you on again. Sweet. Let's do it. All right, guys. Remember, don't count calories. Make calories count. Oh. Shut up and sit down.